wants a body massage. Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Big Bird. With me, as always, is Bert and Ernie. And we watched G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Now, a little inside baseball for you guys here. We were originally going to watch a different movie, one called Monkey Bone. Oh my god. I you know, forgot about that. But we decided, <laughs> like twice. you know what? <laughs> when I say we decided, uh, Alex found G.I. Joe. He's like, yo, you guys ever seen this? We're like, no. So he's like, this could be an episode. We're like, yeah, it sounds better than Monkey Bone. <laughs> Let's watch this instead. I mean, Parker said this might be an episode like a year ago, and we all forgot about it because our brains are unbelievably <laughs> smooth. But... So we went from one yeah, Brendan just... Fraser movie to a different Brendan Fraser movie. Upgrade. Yes. <laughs> I mean, also it has a future be, right? episode. Yeah, okay. we'll find out next week, right? Wait, hang on. There's going to be something coming out. <laughs> all right. Uh, Parker, do we have any news? Chris, I have exciting news. You're a big fan of cartoons, right? Oh, yeah, I love cartoons. Oh, no. He-Man and Skeletor are back. Netflix unveiled several photos from its reboot of Masters of the Universe from showrunner Kevin Smith. Chris, your thoughts? <laughs> okay, so oh, I actually I, I actually told Josh, dude, are you still with Parker? He's like, no, I actually had to, he had to leave. And I was just like, you need to find him, and you need to record his reaction when you tell him this. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have made it back here, I promise you. I would have walked right into that dart bus. It would have flattened me like a pancake. It's it's genuinely one of like the most cursed things I think I've ever read. That's not even the most cursed movie news I read this week. Oh what what Ooh. is it for you? By all means. <laughs> fucking Zack Snyder George Washington movie. That's not Are cursed, you that's fucking oh, kidding me. That's fucking awesome. That sounds good. I would want to see that. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys have fun. It's I'll got be busy mysticism. <laughs> Can you imagine him chopping down that cherry tree? How fucking hot it would look. It would be so fucking cool. He's I'm the just trying director. to think. I'm trying to think of who we'd cast as George Washington, and everything that comes across my mind is worse and worse. <laughs> just thinking about CGI wooden teeth and cackling like a madman. <laughs> no disrespect to him, but thank the lord that Robin Williams has passed so he oh, can't good, be cast in this point. movie. Oh, oh that's, <laughs> that's some cursed magic you're working with. Holy oh, shit. Man. Is there any, like, recurring actor in Zack Snyder's movies that we, like, may have forgotten about? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I don't think. We, got, we gotta find the guy. There's gotta be some guy. I seen enough of them. <laughs> Zack Snyder doesn't have a crew, as it turns out. I was hoping that he did, just like Steven Summer seems to have his crew. Oh my god, what a, what good, a good crew. crew. Yeah. <laughs> they are really a very bumps good crew. this movie up like two full stars. Now, I have some news. You guys have seen uh, Hotel Transylvania, right? 
I have. I was assigned it. That's right. Uh, I uh, Parker. Not, somehow. How are you? Okay, come on. You gotta see that. It'll it'll happen. This yeah, time. you're gonna Parker love animated movies actually. in Halloween. It'll happen. It's, it's also by Tendi Tartakovsky. So. Uh, well, there is a character who is... <laughs> I thought I couldn't call people that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a character called the Invisible Man in there, you know, from like the, the movies and stuff. Okay, let's have the Invisible Man as a character. Makes sense. Well... Apparently, there was this whole fandom, which uh, the rest of the internet seems to have missed, where all the people were simping over the invisible guy from Hotel Transylvania, and now they're collectively losing their shit because the way that he actually looks was revealed in the trailer for, I guess, Hotel Transylvania 4, and he's this fat, pudgy guy with glasses and a huge nose, and he's bald, and he's got, like, this, like, half-Jufro and everything. They're like, no, he's supposed to be hot. You know what? It's hard. You have to remember sometimes, like, oh, yeah, I share the internet with people who are, like, 15. Yeah. And that's the thing I have to keep reminding myself before I get mad online. Like, I remember what I did when I was 15, and it was way more racist. I mean, unfunny. I, I I don't know. I think I would take the uh, the casual racism over the being horny for literally everything that has ever happened. Yeah, I can't I mean deal so. with it. It's, it's too much horniness. It's Some of these people need to get laid. Not us, though. So, Absolutely not. <laughs> you guys ready for Jerks of the Week? <laughs> I mean, always. Oh, absolutely. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. Okay, so my Jerk of the Week is the other Alex, who... She came over... I, you know, I paid no money for... No Goofy this week. No, 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 absolutely <laughs> not. I paid money for tickets to a good movie. I, I got the snacks. I got all the food. And I drove her. I did everything. And she, I, as once I get home, drop her off of her car so she can go home. She turns and she looks at me dead in the eyes and she says, Remember at the beginning of Bright where it said, A Trigger Warning Entertainment Production? <laughs> Fucking Owens. It has good, not left my mind. Good knife in the back. <laughs> I was enjoying I, I, myself and everything. That's a move I respect. You know what? Good for her. <laughs> if you're listening, it's, we applaud you. It's about it only takes two sometimes. to get applause in this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, like, yeah, you could just say something like, hey, I remember this, but, like, that's going to linger with you. You're going to think knew. about that for she a couple weeks. She knew what like, would hurt. She knew exactly where my weak spot was. Entertainment. <laughs> good for her. <laughs> um, my jerk of the week is whoever the fuck developed Mario Party. I was in first place. I clawed my ass. I had tied for the most fucking stars. I had so many coins. I had to lead by two goddamn fucking coins. We start this horseshit ass minigame. I get knocked off the ledge and just fucking choke it away. I'm, you know what second place gets you in this house? Fucking nothing. I'm... <laughs> This happened two days ago. I'm still fucking pissed about it. Second place it is a set of steak knives. Third place is you're fired. <laughs> I can't believe it took you 30 years to realize Mario Party is worthless. Dude, Mario just, Party sucks so much. I, it's one of the worst games ever made. My head was in the game. I was in the zone. And I could not fucking clutch it on the perfect line. And I'm the fucking laughingstock. Note to self, incorporate mini-games into next year's NFL I, season. No, no. Yeah, it's a fucking Switch version. You know how many of those video games involve just whipping that fucking Joy-Con around? I'm <laughs> over it. I'm over it. Sounds like whipping. Alright, well, uh... We're all drinking. It's dangerous. I went through several Mike's hards. <laughs> oh, the good stuff. Oh, ex- God, that, that, that explains a lot, because my jerk of the week is Parker for not doing a better job of hiding that tiger. Oh. 
you know, fatherhood is difficult. <laughs> don't I know it. You don't get to choose to be a dad. The kid chooses you, and unfortunately I was not the proper tiger dad. I'm sorry. Check out Ed Orgeron over here. Okay, let's get over <laughs> to... Yeah, because we had a second incomprehensible, un- ununderstandable person on this podcast. From the South. Hey, wait a second. <laughs> Parker, thanks to The Wheel, uh, assigned me a Star Wars movie because it was recently oh, yeah. May 4th. And here's the thing. Maybe Alex deserved to twist the knife because I insisted on putting this on when she came over. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. And then throughout saying, I don't know why you told me to put this on. And she just glared at me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, 1985's Ewoks, The Battle for Endor, starring Wilfred Brimley. That's definitely... You you made this up. Now, Parker, I I have some questions here. Uh, Yeah, I don't have any answers. No, first first question here. Have you seen this before? Absolutely not. (laughs) See, I don't understand that because you used to be the Star Wars guy. Now we don't have one, thankfully. Used to be? Used to be. Remember, I remember very distinctly. It was a great moment in podcast history. After Rise of Skywalker, he was just like, no, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. (laughs) Then I watched season two of The Mandalorian. (laughs) Never mind, yeah. He was just like, it's good to me, actually. I will not watch The Bad Batch. Do not ask me. I don't watch Star Wars shows for babies. Don't say they're all for babies. It's my favorite Gremlins movie. Anyway, Ewoks (laughs) is... uh, I, I am actually a little surprised that you hadn't seen this because you said you had heard stories of the Star Wars Holiday Special. I guess that's the one that really lives in the minds of Star Wars fans. Yeah, I'd heard about it. Yeah, but uh, then I, I no one made me watch, watch it. it. Yeah, until you met me. Uh, Ewoks. <laughs> I have to admit, I had never heard of this one. I did not know that this was real. However, I had seen a GIF from it, and in fact, we all have. If you've been on the internet, you probably have seen it. It's the one where the Ewok has like his arm around that little kid, and he's like kind of groping that kid's arm and looking creepily into the screen. Everyone's like, what the fuck is that from? Well, it's from Ewok's The Battle for Endor, starring Wilfred Brimley, who, I just want to point out, is wearing a weathered baseball cap throughout the movie. Hell yeah, dude. He hated the director so much that he insisted on being directed by, I think, the production assistant. So, uh... Man really knows what he wants to do. I think this is three years after The Thing. Um, I don't know if that matters. It's just something that happens. Uh, war Turns out a lot can happen to you in three years. Uh, okay, so another another question here. Uh, Parker, I, I snooped your letterbox and I saw that you uh, watched Spiral. Did you re-watch any of the Saw movies to prepare? You know, normally I would, but... Okay, so this is worse than like Saw. a year ago. <laughs> uh, Correct. No, I think that I, I opened the book of Saw this week, you guys. I I didn't. I decided I was not going to. Well, I'm going to get to the Saw movies in a second, though. Uh, oh no! But like, no, 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 no. This will be short. Uh, but I I know that uh, the main villain for the Saw movies is a guy called Jigsaw, and he's got a stupid looking mask. And in this movie. Warwick Davis's mask as Wicket the Ewok is unquestionably creepier than Jigsaw's mask, okay? That fucking mask will live in my nightmares for an extended period of time. Also, Paul Gleason is in this, the principal from uh, Breakfast Club. (laughs) Man, sometimes a blind pick just... It really hits the way you want it to. I'm pretty sure this came out the same year as The Breakfast Club, so... 
Hey, man. hey, you want to be a Star Wars? Oh, yeah, sure. Everyone loves one, those. One for them, one for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the old Ben Affleck approach. <laughs> uh, apparently, this was uh, a TV movie, so... I mean, that still counts. It's still good for an assignment. Those are always good. But apparently, it played on the big screen in Germany. So, Hell yeah, they can be like, oh, yeah, this the puppet, he moves very fast. He's going to be very useful. Uh, one of the, the bad guys. That? One of the. I ever want to hear you us. insult my Peter Griffin impression again. I was, I was just doing an impression of Parker's ancestors. <laughs> we have we have a spit all day. <laughs> You're close, but uh, sure they had some views. Some I, I need to pepper in some spicier language. <laughs> oh, hold up! Alex has some strong opinions. Count his ancestors. <laughs> Alex has some strong opinions on German accents. Well, you know, I I don't. As, do I mean, as the two biggest beer fest fans on this oh, podcast, right. yeah, correct. Show some respect. I was actually yeah, doing. I, I was actually doing an impression of the good aliens from Dude, Where's My Car? So <laughs> that's okay. Now next week's episode. Okay, yeah, my, put it on the list. That's that's my only frame of reference. Uh, yeah, Ewoks Battle for Endor really sucks, but the reason that it sucks is it's very clearly a baby movie. Uh, I don't know who the lead actor is in I this, mean, but. Yeah, it's Star Wars. Yeah, I know, but like more so than usual. This is like clearly for infants, like for newborns and stuff. And those tend to hurt, I think, a bit more than other movies that we assign each other. Not just because like, oh, this is so embarrassing to watch, especially you two. You guys have girlfriends. I'm uh, swinging single over here. But even then, like, you look and you're just like, oh, I could be doing anything right now. How is this over 90 minutes? Uh one of the villains in this movie reminds me of the villain from Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that's for Parker and absolutely no one else on planet Earth, so. Correct, because I don't know what the fuck you're talking Big about. mommy milkers. Oh, that's interesting <laughs> that uh, Alex has never seen it. Uh, let me think here. Uh, There's definitely not a second Ewoks movie, so don't bother Googling yeah. that and assigning it to me. Okay, I'm Disney always Plus will be my undoing this season. <laughs> I feel it in my bones. Okay, I'm so close to canceling it, but I know the assignments are coming. So. Right? Yeah, my, so you'll save money on it. Okay. They had more every week. It's uh, okay. So I want to talk about Saw really quick. I it's Hell been yeah. somewhat well known on this podcast that I don't like torture porn movies, and I've never been able to sit through an entire Saw movie. And uh, as I go through the list, the highest ranked movie that I haven't seen on there is Saw, which I deliberately skipped over. <laughs> and there are others I skipped Eat over. Shit. What? <laughs> you gotta watch it because it's on somebody's stupid list that fucking owns. I don't, yeah, I don't I gotta do anything. Well, I skipped over it. You know, let's try paying attention here for a split second. For uh, now. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. But one day I'm actually going to finish the thing. So, you're gonna uh, be at 999, and then he's like, well, I guess I gotta watch Saw now. That's not the only, that's not the other, that's the thing is I'm saving the worst ones. The other ones that I'm saving are, uh, let me think, off the top of my head, Irreversible is on there. Parker told me, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, absolutely not. Hot, Don't even. Yeah, Hostile I mean, for obvious reasons. It's a quote-unquote good movie, but. There is, I'm gonna be real, if anyone ever assigns me that, I'm not sending you my audio that week. Yeah, uh, what else is I'm not there? a monster. Uh, I want it to be fun for the show. I don't want to just ruin your week. Day of the Woman, aka that, that rape movie. Was it I Spit on Your Grave? That's on there. I'm just not going to watch it. Um, there is, uh, oh, what's it called? Antichrist. Antichrist is on there. I'm just not going to watch Ooh. it. Uh, Saw that on a first and last date. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Did you really? Yeah, that's a. Jeez. I didn't pick it. Well, it was I'm a real a... uncomfortable. Like, oh, I forgot this was in it. Oh. To which I responded, "Fucking how?" I'm just a <laughs> cinephile, babe. So. Uh, just came blood. It's fine. There's Everything's also fine. Devil's Rejects is on there, which I skipped. Not because it, like it's going to be gruesome or anything, but it's Rob Zombie, and I think I hate you his movies. Like it. <laughs> exactly. Open the spreadsheet here, real quick. <laughs> I'll, I'll take your time, man. You know, if the, I, mean, I promise you, knowing your taste, you will not enjoy the Devil's Rejects. Yeah, but it's not even about like gore or anything like that. It's just I hate Rob Zombie's movies. I think he's a really I bad know. director. He's yeah. such a bad director. Uh, I would never assign it to you, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> someone else. <laughs> now there i am going somewhere with this so i was like when, when spiral was coming out i'm like man i have to admit the trailer for spiral looks like it might be good should i rewatch the saw movies Uh-oh. no and i said I, I said no i'm like okay i'm not but then i saw a tweet <laughs> i saw a tweet of one of the transitions from saw 4 <laughs> Oh yeah, dude! Oh my God. It's real dumb. Okay, so Alex, I'm gonna take it that you, like me, have never seen Saw Four. Correct. Okay, so try not to want to watch this movie afterwards. Saw Four is well known for being the movie with the stupid transitions. And like, oh, how dumb could they be? It's this woman and Parker. I'm going to get some of this wrong because I wasn't really paying attention. This woman, it's she's fine. getting attacked by some guy, but you can't really see who the guy is. Uh, I think she's got blonde hair. That's about as many details as I remember. And he's like beating her up, and he's smashing her head against the wall. And I guess the glass in her face is all bloody. It smashes her head against the glass. Pow! Literal smash cut to a police precinct. Some detective walks into the room. Is like, hey, have you got any more information on the jigsaw killer? It's like. It's like the guy smashed her head against, like, the one-way mirror from the uh, Law & Order TV show, and just no <laughs> one's addressing it. It's, it's so instantaneous. Fucking funny. I was laughing you so know- fucking hard. My first reaction was, I might need to watch this. Because, <laughs> you know, they just had to lay on the ground while the scene played out further on. <laughs> oh my god, Chris, I have terrible news. Oh no. The 2021 edition's online. Let's no. fucking no. go. Because, <laughs> like, the, the, the 2020 version only has the first three Saw movies. And I was just like, skip, skip, skip. And I just know the 2021 version is going to have Saw 4 in there somehow. Or I or promise you, man, watching Saw 4 and then the twist being that it's taking place at the same time as Saw 3 is what? so fucking funny. Are you serious? <laughs> who would have watched Saw 3 to prepare? You get to the real and you're like, wait. Who in the movie? <laughs> They're really going with the Final Destination Five twist that it's all in the past. It's happening at the exact same time concurrently with the third movie. Oh man! Last I checked for the 2020 list, I'm I'm only at 471, so a Jeez. ways to go. But I got to 471 by watching movies like Opera by Dario Sargento. Love that cheese. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Opera dumbest is, dog shit. Opera is uh is all right. Opera is uh has no one I've ever heard of in it. It's about an opera singer and she's performing Macbeth. Now you got well, Alex probably knows that there's a curse of, about the uh, <laughs> Macbeth play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Shakespeare didn't return the slap. Yeah, of course. What the fuck is World War Z on the new list? I'm sorry, I'll close it. That's good. I I'm have sorry. that one checked off. Uh, anyway, uh. She uh, people are being killed off, and uh, she's being targeted as well. But there's something kind of innovative that the killer does. And Parker, I think you mentioned this in your letterbox review. What he does, he takes a little bit of tape and puts needles underneath the tape and puts it 
underneath uh, her eyes. So that if she blinks or closes her eyes or looks away, she'll like stab her eyes and it'll hurt. So she has to watch the murders. And it's so simple and so effective. It's actually really, really good. Uh, There's a scene where a bunch of ravens attack this guy in in an an opera theater house. Um, It's still an Italian horror movie, so it still is not quite as uh, coherent as almost any other movie I've ever seen. But I I had a good time with it, though. You know, I, I tend to prefer Italian horror movies, especially when compared with French horror movies. Is that the one that ends with like, oh, everything's done, and then she's just like running in some hills have eyes ass meadow, and then the killer attacks her? Uh, it's, or is that a different? It one? is not some hills have eyes ass meadow. It is some? I'm sorry. Is some hills are alive music. with a sound of music ass meadow? I am <laughs> drinking heavily. My apologies. Same, but uh, yeah, okay. So Alex, you even if you haven't seen, I'm sure you're familiar with the sound of music. I'm pretty sure the ending of this Italian horror movie is shot there, where she's running from a serial killer. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is fucking real good. Dude. Yeah, uh, there's a there are the a lot like, of birds. Fake out, fake in sort of uh, murder mass murder movie. I think I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, a lot of ravens. Uh, Gabby, if you're listening, I tried don't putting watch it on while she was asleep one day. I kept having to turn down because they would just go <laughs> super loud for like minutes at a time. Like the it like the like that grandma from the episode good. of Dexter's Lab when he went to an Amish farm. <laughs> Thank you. Nice. Yeah, that's a good First of all, And second of all, if I were in one of these movies and I were being attacked by birds, I would simply run to the Viking Stadium. <laughs> Man, I am so ready. Shout for... out to Danny. Listens to our show. Thank you. Thanks, we appreciate Dan. that, Dan. <laughs> I am so ready for the bird gauntlet this year. By the way, I feel like we should incorporate that. Um, I want a multiplier. <laughs> somebody, somebody, fucking showing up after four hours ago. Like, there's nobody gonna point out the fact that he called the Bears a cat team. <laughs> Absolutely slayed me. Oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Like, Josh was trying to force that in there. Lore, poor idiot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had, like, Subscribe subtly hinted at it for, like, four posts beforehand, and, like, people are stupid. And Josh is just jumping on it with both feet. <laughs> Josh is like, hey, you know that famous cat, the bear? Jo- Josh the day is... Josh learns subtly is the day he's no longer <laughs> Josh is just like, you mean the cats of the forest? I love him so much. He so Josh is Josh is great, but uh, I'm glad that someone finally picked up on that. Last thing I want to say about opera, and I, I made this in my letterbox review. Um, I don't know why I keep referencing that. Uh, Italian horror movies, uh, Italian horror movie directors love speed metal more than I love dad rock. Oh God, I'm dude. dead serious. <laughs> it's the so mix good. Of opera music and obscene '80s speed metal is incredibly it's so good. It's so fucking cool, dude. <laughs> So on to Brian. You get a full, full opera performance. Yeah, with birds freaking out, and then you hear that double bass. You're like, "Hang on a second, <laughs> what happened to my movie?" All I could think about was the opera episode of Hey Arnold. <laughs> Alex, if you'd like to, nothing. Okay. So I watched a Brian De Palma movie. Uh, this one from 1980. It's called Dressed to Kill. And uh, this one had been on my list for some time. I'm getting more and more into Brian De Palma. A bit slowly, but uh, I haven't seen a movie of his that I thought was bad or anything. 
Um, this has Angie Dickinson. It has uh, Michael Caine and some other people. And I liked it. I thought this was very well done. I it's I don't know that it's necessarily the most thrilling movie that I've ever seen. More of a horror, Parker. But uh, <gasps> I will say that I thought it was a little funny that this movie encountered a significant amount of controversy when it was first released in 1980. Many people were calling it sexist. And maybe I am a sexist. I, I don't think that I am. But watching it 41 years after its release, I don't see it. I, uh, I don't really see the sexism. So I decided to read some contemporary reviews. And the reason that people called it sexist is because a woman was murdered. Don't you hate when that happens? Now, he, well, Parker, <laughs> that doesn't happen. See, women are never actually murdered in real life. So it's that's not really fair to do in a movie. You know, it gives them a bad image. Worse... A woman does the murder. Women have never killed anyone before, so you can't just do that in the movie. Like, you'll start to make people think that women could kill people. It's not really fair. Uh, either way, I think it's a good movie. I think more people should watch it. I think it's uh, very well done. Alex, have you seen it before? Yeah, I talked about it on this podcast oh. eight months ago. Oh, well, eight months ago. I mean, I don't even remember <laughs> eight days ago, so... That's, if I remember I mean, right, I don't, you I don't weren't a huge fan. Am I correct? It was... Compared Fine. to other De Palmas? I mean... I mean, it's not going to be as good as was, Blowout, but, you know. I was expecting more. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, it's 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 fine. Like, it's not... I, I think it hasn't aged particularly well, and I don't mean that from, like, a ideological perspective mm-hmm. for, you know, lack of wanting to step on that thumbtack. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think a lot of, like, the cinematography and stuff is just... It feels old. And it feels old in a way that, like a lot of his movies don't because I think he's done a lot of revolutionary things for movies mm-hmm. so it's I mean don't not watch it on account of me yeah I, I would say maybe that's fine. like one of the differences between us I watched so many old movies that I really liked his cinematography it was very easy to put myself in 1980 you know the 70s have just ended people are like okay we can make good movies now and this is one of them uh Parker, if you have not seen Dress to Kill, I'd say, at some point, uh, you should put it on there. It's a bit classier than the fare that you're used to. But uh... Didn't you like my review of it? <laughs> what was your review of Dress to Kill? I don't know. I got the notification the other I thought, day. I, I don't remember what you wrote. Son of a you, bitch. I thought you were just like, yeah, Brian DePaul was okay. And I was just like, yeah, I'll give him a pity like or something. I'm going to look Chris up what Field, you Field liked Terrible's three and a half star review of Dress to Kill. What was, it, what was his review? Ago. What was his review? Oh, Can you read it for me? Can you review I mean, it's absolutely nothing. There's nothing to it. I just read it. Oh. I was like, wait, you know I've seen it, dickhead. I don't know. I, I, I thought you hadn't seen it. I uh, I was mistaken. Just, I thought you... I thought you fucking with you. That's okay. I'm mistaken. You know. I just got off work and started chugging seltzers like a fucking addict. Okay. It's fine. You know, give me a break here. Okay, so I watched two movies in theaters uh, at the Alamo with baked pretzels apiece. The first one was, I thought we were doing Monkey Bones, so I watched a Brendan Fraser movie. Uh, I watched The Mummy, which... Uh, that is a movie that gets better every single time that you watch it. It really is one of the last great adventure movies. Brendan Fraser is great. Everyone is great in it. I mean, perfect casting, first of all. The humor, one of the reasons that the humor works in that movie is that it's timeless. You could imagine them making those jokes back in the 1910s or whatever. You can imagine, like, everything that happens in that movie is it's, it's all in service of entertaining the audience and it does such a spectacular job great casting great humor great adventure great romance and the horror I, 
the movie's actually kind of scary still, okay? I, I still get oh, a little bit yeah. of a problem with the scarabs, okay? <laughs> and uh, I did not see that when I was very young. Oh, I remember dude. being scared just from the trailers. Right, dude. I watched it when I was nine, and I was... I, I had to leave the room, okay? When the fucking scarabs were in, I was like, no, 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 I can't even look at this. Now... Parker would remember from even before you joined the podcast, Alex, I was, I kind of have this thing where it's a little bit difficult for me to really get invested in horror movies to the point of being scared. It was such to the point that someone said, it sounds like you're only scared by two movies, which would be The Thing, the John Carpenter version, and Gonjam Haunted Asylum of all movies. Dude, put the mummy You're welcome. In the mum, yeah, dude, also a good movie. The mummy <laughs> is an actual scary movie, okay? But it works. It works. It's not one of those things where I have to like look away from. It. It's like I can't wait to see this next part. And it has given us such great things as Benny from the Mummy, which uh, <laughs> we will be addressing today. Um, I I fucking like. I am 100% certain that that character is problematic, but I don't know against what group, and that fucking owns. Well, that's the fun. No, He's just, care. like, vaguely foreign, and I'm like, I'm okay with it. Uh, that guy who plays the warden, who, by the way, one of the most underrated characters in history, uh, turns out that guy's actually a really funny comedian. I watched some of his stand-up. That guy's a riot. I mean, we get him on the show if we can. But uh, Jeff Dunham? Not Jeff Dunham. So, uh, sorry. <laughs> everyone who was in that movie, I think, went on to do other stuff, except Benny. Oh, yeah, so. <laughs> disagree. <laughs> he went on to do the best stuff. He was he was Igor in Van Helsing. <laughs> I always I goes wish, back. I wish that he was in every movie. He is a treasure. Oh, by the way, Parker, uh, my sister doesn't actively listen to the podcast, but when I told her that you considered our our pirated DVD of Van Helsing to be one of the Feel family treasures, she is it an heirloom. <laughs> Just a DVD-R of Van Helsing. It's the family crest we got over swords. <laughs> Do we watch the shit out of that movie? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, every family's got one. I, I, you know, I will say, though, that the drop-off from The Mummy to Van Helsing is so obvious in the way that it works is that the humor isn't quite there. People are taking it a little too seriously. It's... It doesn't have, I guess, the the right elements to make it as good of a movie as The Mummy, but I'd say, guys, go back and watch The Mummy. That movie holds up, and if there's a flaw in that movie, I don't know. I really, really like that movie. So you talk about the drop-off The Mummy to Van Helsing. The Mummy to The Mummy Returns yeah. is also incredible. <laughs> we did not watch that it's one. It's not great. I, I, I took my sister out to see The Mummy, because uh, my sister are a huge fan. Again... Build family lore. Stephen Summers is the family's favorite director. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was a, it was a big moment for us because my sister is a, a huge fan. So I was happy to see a movie with uh, my sister in theaters. Uh, thank you for buying that break, that big pretzel for me. Uh, I, let me uh, let me know when you guys get to Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't seen that one that yet. Movie. You know? so if you want to wait, this the <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm ready, man. I love Brendan Fraser. Dude, you like Yetis? Oh, yes. Oh, God, yes. Oh, God, <laughs> fuck yes. Okay, so I mentioned that I took Alex out to a movie and I paid for the tickets. Uh, they had Enter... Uh, sorry, not Enter. Uh, I, too, respect women. Yeah, see? <laughs> they had Escape from New York. I put my coat down in the rain for her. <laughs> <laughs> they had Escape from New York at the Alamo, so, like, what, am I not going to see this? Come on. Uh, 
what do I say? I mean, what's there to say about a movie that's basically perfect, that people have already said everything about it? Tell you what, I'll try this one on for size. If this movie had been made by any other director, it'd probably be an episode, because it has all the elements. It's like, first of all, burning trash cans. I mean, that's kind of like the science, like, okay, we need to think that. Also, like, a bunch of ridiculous narratives. There's a presidential pod, and it's colored cherry red. Like, Chris, yeah. <laughs> important question. Yeah. Did you laugh in a theater when you saw the World Trade Center? No, I held that in. I was a good boy. <laughs> just had to check, buddy. We did laugh whenever we saw uh, Isaac Hayes' little buddy with his hair just, like, styled up. Oh, like, Cameron oh, Diaz oh. In, uh, in There's Something About Mary where she gets the cum in her hair. <laughs> I believe that I referred to him the last time I watched this as the dude from Sum 41. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. That's good, man. That's real good. Yeah, I mean, Escape from New York is basically a perfect movie. What do you want from it? I, I did admit that uh, I was like, what did people think about it back then? One of the interesting things about reading contemporary reviews is seeing how they age over time. Let's admit, I mean, every once in a while we watch a movie we're like, oh, that kind of sucks. Who knows? Maybe 20, 40 years from now, we're the assholes. And everyone thinks, oh, Mortal Kombat was a real classic. I hope I'm dead by then. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, there's some people who are just like, oh, it didn't just quite give us enough. And then you look at how influential Escape from New York is. And, I, I mean, the movie just works so well. And the other thing is, as much as I love... John Carpenter. He's my all-time favorite director. That movie doesn't work without Nick Castle writing the humorous moments of the script, which is not just that little thing in the Broadway uh, performance. It's also Ernest Borgnine's entire character, which was the Nick Castle creation. Nick Castle, as Parker knows, also played The Shape in Halloween. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I, I loved it. I, I had a really good theater experience, and they're playing They Live on June 1st, so you know oh ya God. boy is there. Um, yum, yum, yum. My draft house reopens in July. Yeah. I'm getting the shakes. You know, speaking oh, of like... Is June 1st is a Tuesday. I might see you there, buddy. <laughs> speaking of retrospectives, uh, I saw there was a, a big newsworthy newsworthy thing today. I don't remember what the website was. I'm sure Parker you saw as well. Someone posted an article. I Was it The Guardian or something? That sh- Turning Point USA. No, not that. <laughs> It was uh, it was that Shrek, the first Shrek, Shrek from whatever year that came out, is a bad movie. And people on the internet got very upset that they called Shrek a bad movie. I'm just here to plant my flag in the sand, choose a hill to die on. Shrek fucking sucks. I fucking hate Shrek so much, you guys. What a worthless wow. fucking movie. And it's like, Shrek, oh, it's part of the cultural zeitgeist. So? <laughs> so fucking Shrek, what? I, how can you hate Shrek? Shrek's like... It's so inoffensive. It's it's not. Oh yeah, I'm looking for offense when I watch Shrek. It's not about inoffensive. It's just that I, I don't know. When I, I remember when I was a little kid, I I I thought, oh yeah, you know, Shrek's pretty cool. I remember my sister really liked it. We had the VHS and everything. They played Dance to the Music at the end of the Talking Donkey Sings. Uh, <laughs> I know exactly yeah. what you're talking. Yeah, about. <laughs> yeah. There we go. I also had that VHS. Oh my god, oh, we're gonna get together. <laughs> but uh. You know, you go back and you watch it, that movie actually <laughs> fucking... Wait, I'm not saying, Alex, you should go revisit. I wouldn't even waste an assignment. No, no, I wasn't planning on it. I was yeah. just thinking about us like a bunch of old World War II vets oh, sitting yeah. around watching Shrek uh, in our 70s. I'd, I'd like to, I'd go back. But, no, Shrek fucking... <laughs> we gotta get Josh to bring over his CRT. <laughs> no, I got mine right over here, man. Uh, 
Uh, anyway, yeah, Shrek is... It's just fucking bad. Shrek. Like, yes. <laughs> well, there's nothing else I can say. It really is that easy. Uh, only, only three more to talk about, I promise. Uh, Damn it, hold on. I dropped my mic on my... Uh, okay. 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 All right. I thought, all right, you, had a, I thought you had a headset. You, you, you can leave that in. How do you drop a headset? Uh, so I have the headset plugged directly into a uh, freestanding mic, oh, and uh, if I yank on the headset cord too hard, uh, it comes tumbling you were down. Just like old Humpty Dumpty. Parker's dead. Put it on again. Okay. So, uh, I don't sound like that. I've also had my share of lemon drops today. So, uh, <laughs> two animes that I watched. I was hoping to watch more, but, uh, yes. you know, busy. The first one is called California Crisis Gun Salvo. Now, I'm okay. sure Parker's not interested Sigh. all that much. But <laughs> Sold. Uh, this, this anime takes place in America, so you know good things are coming. <laughs> Bless you. Uh Nice. Also, this anime is under uh, 30 minutes, I believe. No, wait, no, this one... Okay. I'm going to mix one with the other one. I, well, one of these is under 30, who cares? Uh, it's uh, it's very short. I will say that this anime looks completely different from almost every other anime I've seen, because usually when I think of anime, you think, what is the uniting factor in all of these things, besides sexual assault? It's the way that their eyes look. And the eyes in this movie are... <laughs> It's it's something about the way that the pupils and the irises are drawn. That you're just like, what am I looking at right now? It's it's very very odd. Uh, the basic storyline is there's some guy who uh, drives a muscle car, so already I like him, and he comes across this uh, young girl riding a motorcycle, and they're attacked by the military, who I guess accidentally drops a mist a mystical sphere into their hands it looks like a bowling ball but if you touch it then you can see a whole bunch of trippy images and the uh the mojave desert and they're like oh wow this thing's really crazy and the girl says to him a madigan dream we have to take this uh sphere to the death valley and i'm like okay i'll just watch it and there's a bunch of like bazookas and stuff and they don't really have enough time to characterize anyone or really tell what the sphere is about or any of the storyline, but there's bazookas and motorcycles and a sphere where you touch, you see a bunch of trippy images. You'll have a good time if you're watching it. It doesn't take very long to watch it. The next one is called Call Me Tonight, which I almost hesitate uh -oh. to even speak about. Uh, uh, yeah, th this this might be a cut segment here, so this is for this is for Patreon. Uh, well, that's just carte blanche to make all these jokes I've been holding on to. <laughs> Have at it, buddy. Okay, so this might go for our Patreon listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Call Me Tonight was released in 1986. Um, right off the bat, you know, we're oh, in good hands. Good year for animated. 1986 sodomy. was a uh, was a good year for movies. Not so much for anime. Uh, this, uh, let's see, it starts off right off the bat. Some guy is calling what I assume is a sex hotline. You know, like one of those things like, hey, five ninety nine now, you can listen to girls talk about their vulvas or something. And, uh, yes, I also assume. I don't know. And it's kind of, it, it is kind of hard to tell. Uh, the, the movie doesn't make particularly clear. Also, there's maybe cultural differences. You know how Japan has a... Uh, be charitable and say different view of sex than we do. Um, no, I don't know. Please explain <laughs> it to me. The guy calls in. He's like, "Hey, uh, some weird thing happens whenever I masturbate." And the girl's like, "What happens?" And he's like, "I turn into a monster." 
And <laughs> hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Same. So uh, she's like, really? Okay. Uh, he's like, can we like meet in person so I can talk about this? So you think? I, so you don't think I'm like some crazy guy? And she's like, sure. And uh, they meet at some uh, cafe or whatever. And she's like, oh, so uh, whenever you uh, masturbate, you turn into some monster, huh? You look pretty normal to me. I don't know. And she's thinking internal monologue. You can like hear her voice in her head. She's like, I don't know. This guy's kind of cute. Maybe I'll fuck him. You know? I'm like, okay. Anyway, looking up for me. She gets next to him. You know, saws up next to him. Imagine I'm being sexy right now. And she's like, oh, 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 leather noise. I'm leaning up against you. My thigh is touching you, which in Japan is like eighth base and uh he's like ah, they have to ah, pixelate ah, that, ah, ah, and he turns into like a werewolf with tentacles on his back oh wait 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 oh wait, you wait, had me and he lost wait, me wait, wait oh no wait, wait for like three seconds and then he turns back okay. into a human now oh, okay. this oh my god is this just fruits basket but with sex i don't i don't know i've never seen fruits basket you're the fan not me but anyway Got him. I, uh, I have to admit <laughs> it is a bit of an interesting concept here he turns into this monster and as soon as i see the tentacles i'm in parkers i'm like no 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 i'm reaching for the remote and it's only for a couple of seconds so it's not really enough to do anything it's just like huh what exactly are they trying to do and the girl doesn't run away. She's like, quick, come with me. <laughs> and she takes him into a movie theater where they're playing a porno. And the guy sees it and he's like, Ugh! And he transforms into a werewolf with the tentacles on the back. And she's like, huh, that's interesting. And then he transforms back and she's like, hmm. She goes on dates with this guy. It keeps on happening very briefly. And she she's like, this is a really interesting phenomenon. I'm like, what are you, a scientist all of a sudden? And if this was one, if this was one of those things where it lasted like a minute instead of just like ten seconds here and there, I'd be like, this would be a completely different thing that I would not admit to watching. But as it stands, I'm just like, well, it is pretty interesting animation. I'm okay. We'll see what happens here. Anyway, that girl has a rival who's in a gang, and she's just like, I'm going to fuck this guy and, and stuff. And he turns into an. And she's like, I heard he turns into a real monster when he gets turned on. And there's like a thing. It's like he's going to be sexually aggressive. No, no, no. It's like a thing. Uh, and she's like, Oh no, you meant a literal monster. That's guys. Time out. I'm not cool. So he's destroying like Tokyo and stuff like that. And the basic idea here is he actually had his entity absorbed by the thing from John Carpenter's uh, The Thing. And there's a whole bunch of alien creatures inside of him. And the only way to cure him is for that girl to like throw her necklace at his eye, and then it becomes normal, and they can have regular sex again. So. Uh, I mean, no wonder Ben Shapiro fucking hates the shape of water. <laughs> <It> sounds stupid. <laughs> Parker, I think you would get something out of this. Alex, no. Uh, Correct. Well, hang on a second. What does this say about me? <laughs> because, and, and wait, wait. That's I mean, you right. did say the words mommy milkers earlier. You know, so, well, I mean, I'm gonna cut that. I cannot log off. <laughs> he did. Well, are you going to cut his too? No, I. well, that's what I was going to say. That I was going to cut. <laughs> You cut it all. <laughs> Start the show over. Okay, so welcome to Real Deal No Sex Bill. Uh, okay. <laughs> My jerk of the week is Parker. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Thank you. Moving on. I'm glad someone else hates that phrase as much as I do. <coughs> all right. Now the last one, one I have been dying to talk about. Uh, imagine you see a movie, okay, and it's got this cast: Matt Damon, 
Bill Pullman. Mid teaming. Bill Pullman. John Leguizamo. Jonathan. Nope. Nathan Lane. Janine Garofalo. <laughs> Drew Barrymore. Nope. Ron Perlman. Tone Loke. And you're like, oh, I have to see this. <laughs> back in. This sounds this sounds like a future episode. Then you yeah, I didn't realize Tone Loke was in Team America. <laughs> then you play the trailer. Then you play the trailer and it has the the it's like a two and a half minute long trailer. And the first minute and a half is just the song Higher by Creed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like how your pictures Imagine you watch this movie that sucks ass. <laughs> Buddy, I don't have to. <laughs> no, this movie is actually. I have to admit, I had a good time with Titan AE. Now, oh, that movie. Oh, wow. So he, here's the thing. That movie doesn't um, exist. I was I was talking with a friend of mine from work, and this person said, "Hey, uh, I hear you watch bad movies on the podcast. Have you ever considered a pebble in the penguin?" I said, "No." And uh, I was, <laughs> I was like, I was like, first of all, that's not even the worst Don Bluth movie, not even by a mile. Easily the worst Don Bluth movie is uh, the was it a Troll in Central Park? Parker, have I made you watch a Troll in Central Park yet? <sighs> Careful Pass. how you answer that. Pass. <laughs> uh, that's just one of the worst movies ever made. But I was like, what else did he direct? Because I have to admit, I thought I was a Don Bluth fan, but then I realized, well, I, I guess I just only like The Secret of Nim and nothing else. I don't really like an Amer- it's American Tales okay, but I don't even like All Dogs Go to Heaven. I don't like The Land Before Time. I don't like Rock a Doodle. I don't even like Anastasia. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is Rock a Doodle? Oh, you've never <laughs> seen Rock a Doodle? You hear Rock a Doodle tonight? <laughs> <laughs> you are going to see Rock a Doodle, dude. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I don't even like Anastasia, but apparently everyone else on planet Earth liked Anastasia, so he got a you know made a disagree made a fair amount of money off. I that. think that is literally the first movie that I ever hated. Really, it's not a good movie. Yes. I'll tell you that much. And as a history uh, guy, you certainly wouldn't like Anastasia. Uh, but everyone else apparently liked Anastasia, and it gave him enough money to do Titan A.E. And this is a science fiction movie where. Uh, Humanity is on the brink of destruction. They're being invaded by these alien entities called the Dredge, and they have to find a way to uh, restore their populace. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff that happens. So, Don Bluth, if he's known for anything, is known for being one of the greatest animators that these eyes have ever seen. He worked on a bunch of Disney movies, then disagreed with where they were going, and then he made The Secret of Nim, which kicked the shit out of like every other Disney movie. You're like, holy cow, this guy is on top of the world. But it was released in 1982, the same year as E.T., so no one really saw any other movie but E.T. that summer. Very sad to say. Uh, then he was able to recoup some ground. He made Old Dogs Go to Heaven, uh, this, uh, was it, um, uh, An American Tale, uh, Land Before Time, shit like that. And that made him a bit of money, so he was able to make The Pebble and the Penguin and Rockadoodle. In a troll in Central Park, uh, but and then they were just like, okay, give you one more chance, and he made Anastasia, and people were like, okay, I guess that's good enough, and he made Titan A.E. Titan A.E. lost Fox Animation Studios a hundred million dollars, <laughs> uh, and I have to admit, I had heard about, I was like, wait a second, I keep hearing about Titan A.E. What does it even look like? Because the poster doesn't even have that classic uh, character design 
from Don Bluth. I'm like, okay, what does the trailer look like? It looks like Don Bluth animation in the shittiest CG you've ever seen in your life while Creed plays in the background. And I'm like, oh, um, well, I have to see a Tone Locus in it. So I put it on. Of course. What? I put it on. It's actually pretty decent. This is actually a pretty decent movie. I, I had a really good time with this. The... So it mixes the Don Bluth 2D animation with a whole lot of CGI, which they had to do because at this point, Pixar was becoming really, really big. Uh, DreamWorks was getting into it with CGI, so they had no choice. They had to incorporate it. And it looks better than most of those movies. Uh, Even Roger Ebert, who's dead, uh, decided, hey, you know, this actually looked pretty good. This is uh, th- Some of these scenes are like, this is what separates animation from live action. There are some things that you can only do in animation. This is what I'm looking for in animated science fiction. I had a good time with this. I'm not saying it's a future episode because there's really not a whole lot of meat to chew on here, but I had a really good time. So I think Titan AE is a, is a good movie. I just want to say one final thing. If I had watched this when I was 11 years old, there's like a 1% chance I would have gotten laid in high school. Man, is that my problem? Because I also <laughs> didn't see Titan AE. Yet. Okay, Alex, what did you watch? Titan AE came out like the same time as Atlantis and Treasure Planet when every studio was like, oh. yeah, we're not doing these hand-drawn anymore. Yeah, can I just Go fucking fuck say that this movie is infinitely better than Treasure Planet. If you like Treasure Planet, watch Titan A. Watch a real movie. Fucking idiots. Treasure Planet was cool for 20 minutes, and at one point I paused it and went, oh fuck, I'm halfway yeah, through like this. 20 seconds. <laughs> Alex, Jesus uh, what did you watch? Alright, so uh, we got done recording last week's episode on Midway, and I was like, you know what, I'm not tired. I could use some more World War II slop. So I start scrolling through related videos. Oh, yeah. There was that uh that movie where Gary Oldman played Winston Churchill. So oh I fired up God. Darkest Hour. Oh hey, I've heard good things about this one. So first of all, I'm really, really happy that, you know, Gary Oldman, who has had this lengthy history of playing handicapped characters on screen, <laughs> finally got an award for one. <laughs> I think it's important to signal to the audience, because I don't know if the audience knows that you do not feel particularly positively about Winston Churchill. That's true, but also, like, this isn't a movie about Winston Churchill's life. This is a movie about Winston Churchill during World War II. Uh So, like, it's very grounded in that fact. Like, the movie literally starts with, like, the resignation of the Prime Minister before him, and, like, it has all of, like, the British politicking of, like, what got him into power. And, you know, how he, like, held the nation together in the early parts of the war, which is, like, an interesting and compelling story to tell. Like, regardless of any feelings I may have historically about Winston Churchill, very compelling figure in 1940 and 1941. Mm -hmm. So, like, I was already interested in the subject matter. Now, again, Gary Oldman won an Oscar for this movie, and I understand why, because, you know... We're now reaching the point where there's basically nobody that was left alive that was, like, conscious in the 1940s. So there's, like, no memory of Winston Churchill. So you can make a movie like this and see this, like, quirky, curmudgeon guy and be like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. What a great performance. <laughs> He's the wacky guy from While the While I am sitting there going... As a dude, I'm just sitting there going, he's just doing Bilbo Baggins. Like, that's literally the whole character. <laughs> It's literally just Bilbo Baggins from the first fucking hour of The Fellowship. That is the entire fucking Winston Churchill impression. 
So, Alex, I want to bring something up here. Uh, I'm not quite as much of a history buff as you are, but I am into history. I really am. And one of the things I'm really into is United States presidents. One of the interesting things about Teddy Roosevelt, I'm going somewhere with this, is you look at Teddy Roosevelt and all the, the persona battles, this tough manly man, you know, it takes more than that to kill a bull moose. Apparently that dude had a really high-pitched voice. And people are just like, damn, there goes high-pitched Teddy Roosevelt. And it's one of those things where if you watch any portrayal of him, you're just like, oh, that voice isn't quite high enough. Now, you, as a history buff, especially during perhaps this era, was this one of those things where you had read uh, something about Winston Churchill and the way that he actually talked and spoke and looked, and you watch this movie with Gary Oldman, and you're just like, ooh, not quite. So I would say no, just because, like, you know, being alive in the 40s, like, we have a lot of his recorded speeches and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to be real. Like, everybody kind of talks the same in those speeches in the 40s. Like, everybody that's speaking the same language sounds generally the same because they're all trying to, like, ape the same characteristics of public speaking. Mm-hmm. And this was very much more a movie about, like, his personal life and his dealings with, you know, like, secretaries and cabinet ministers and stuff. So, like, there was nothing historically off-putting about this movie for me. Mm-hmm. Like... Not not because, like, I think it was, like, this amazing portrayal or anything. It's more just, like, I don't have that context, and I'll never have that context, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it doesn't, like, add or take away anything from the movie. Like, I'm not sure this is an Oscar performance, because he's just playing an old British guy. <laughs> like, I've seen this character in 20 different movies. It's just that this one is the historical figure version. And I know that, like... we. The Oscars don't matter. We don't care about the Oscars on this podcast. I don't even remember who, like, he won it over that year. Nor do I care. But, like, nothing about this movie strikes me as, like, Oscar-winning movie other than people like Gary Oldman and people like Winston Churchill. The movie's fine. Like, you kind of have to like history to get anything whatsoever out of this. This isn't the kind of movie that I would tell Parker to watch. Absolutely That's for not. goddamn sure. <laughs> I mean, like, I watched it a week ago. I remember most of it. It's, it wasn't bad. Like, they, I think it does a really good job of capturing, like, the spirit of the British during the war, which is, you know, maybe the only time in their history that they did anything commendable. <laughs> so, <laughs> there is that. And, like, the, this movie, in different hands, very easily could have gotten lost in, like, everything else going on. But it's very grounded and very centered. It's very much just about, like... Winston Churchill becoming Prime Minister and doing stuff, and, like, here's how we're gonna hold on against the Germans. Like, and I really appreciated that. Because, especially after watching Midway, which is not a movie about the Battle of Midway, like, I was glad to just have, like, a small, self-contained story about this important thing. Like, you already know, before I said a word, whether you would get anything out of this movie or not. Like, it's fine. You can do worse than two hours. If you have zero interest in the subject matter, don't waste your time. Like, I'm sure Parker would feel the same way about this movie that I feel about the King's Speech. Like, I could not give a fuck about that. So, I I get it. But, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty decent. Um... (laughs) Yeah, we'll never see that movie. (laughs) Yeah, correct. I'm sure it's well-made, well-acted. It's definitely not for you. Exactly, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Chris, you'll watch this eventually and you'll probably like I'm it. Sure. And you'll you'll 
I like I gave this three stars. You'll probably give it four. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I don't say that in any sort of like mean or condescending. No, way. no. Just, I like, think I at this point we know each other. You like this? Yeah. yeah I yeah. know my limitations. <laughs> All right. So speaking of knowing knowing each other's taste, thanks to the wheel. Parker assigned me a movie called Dead Bang, starring Don Johnson. <gasps> oh, oh yeah, yeah, dude. So here's the thing about Dead Bang. I have seen I don't know a hundred movies about a troubled cop. You know whether he's like has a drug problem or he's an alcoholic or he's violent or like he has demons from his past or fucking whatever. But it's always like as like a balancing part of the character it's like oh this guy's an incredible detective but he's just got this flaw this is the only movie I've seen about a guy who like has these flaws and also sucks at being a cop yeah dude (laughs) he's fucking horrible at policing I laughed so hard I had to pause the movie at the reveal 10 minutes before the end that he's been following the wrong guy the entire time Like, of course, it's a fucking movie, so the guy he actually should have been following is just in the room somehow. But just the idea that this dude got repeatedly suspended from the police force for chasing this fucking Nazi across state lines to try to pin the murder of this cop on him, only to realize after he dies, like, oh, fuck, it wasn't him. (laughs) Like, (laughs) genuinely the hardest I've laughed in, like, a month. It was so fucking funny and so goddamn stupid. I appreciated it. You know I love the 80s. You know I love Don Johnson. I very much enjoyed this. Absolutely. Fucking shootout in the mines. Oh my god. (laughs) It's real good. Who shoots a shootout in the mines? I know. (laughs) There were so many decisions and liberties taken with this movie. The amount of fucking times that Don Johnson's just walking around while some Nazi has a sniper rifle pointed at him going like, what the fuck is this guy doing here? It's like... <laughs> it's real good. It's... So goddamn trashy. And, like, I don't mean the movie is trashy. Like, the character is just the trashiest lead character you could possibly imagine in a movie. And it really works for me. I'm happy if you had a is... good time. If this is the worst the wheel had for me, I am in good shape. Let's see, what else we got here? Um, I'm going to save the G.I. Joe sequel for whenever you're ready to talk about it. I'll let you bring that up at your leisure, because I have some things to say, and I don't want to shoehorn into the middle here of of what I'm going to talk about. Um, Although, I will say this. I was at work the other night. I was bored. It was like, I don't know, 2 in the morning. I had like run out of like shit to dick around with on my phone. So I hopped in Letterboxd. I saw Parker added a movie to his watch list called Winter Beast. Ooh, I, I clicked on it yet. just to check it out. I'm like, well, this sounds like something that I would definitely watch. <laughs> so I fired it up earlier. Oh, man. Look, I'm not going to say too much because I know you're planning to watch it. This is like genuinely such a shitty fucking movie oh, in yeah, all dude. of the ways that you will love. Oh, fuck yeah, like, dude. So you know how like... I mean, you're a you're a you know seasoned veteran of the Squatch movie days. Like, you know when you get like a really low budget Squatch movie, and it's like clearly all like community theater actors and stuff, and like nobody's really good at acting, but they were all just clearly available and willing to work for free. Absolutely. Now imagine that, but they're all like from Brooklyn. <laughs> oh fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> So it's good, is what you're saying. It's, so, (laughs) I've heard this movie described as, like, 
somebody's claymation like final project for film school and they just like decided to film like 50 minutes of scenes around the claymation parts which kind of checks out <laughs> um the it's i was watching this with a friend of mine and the conversation we had about it was basically like every scene in which stuff happens is like extremely show don't tell but like clearly in a way that like somebody's film professor was like you're telling too much so you have to cut all the dialogue and then you need to backfill with other stuff so it's just conversations about nonsense interspliced between the stuff where you know things actually happen but all of the dialogue is just incredibly stupid there's a fucking character who wears sunglasses the entire movie solely so he can have like a three second scene where he takes them off and looks shocked and this character is in the whole fucking thing. He wears sunglasses at night, he wears sunglasses indoors, and then we get the one scene where he takes them off to be surprised. Just the most, like, amateurish film school bullshit. The villain in this movie? Obviously somebody that I have never heard of. But uh, I want you to picture this, because it's very, very important. So he's like an old guy, like in his 60s, who wears these extremely loud plaid jackets the entire time and is basically playing Gilbert Gottfried if Gilbert Gottfried was a villain. <laughs> so Iago. And it is an, un an unbelievably good performance. The claymation is all stupid as fuck and makes no sense. There's like a scene right before the end where like a dragon attacks like some building and then they fight a regular guy, and they beat him, and they're like, alright, we did it, the world's saved. Despite the fact that there's also, like, an alien, and a dragon, and a giant tree monster, and all these other fucking demons we've seen just walking the earth. It's... You can do worse with 80 minutes of your time. You will enjoy yourself. Thank God. Let me guess. Prime? Vimeo. Oh, you This better. is not available streaming or for download anywhere. Oh I had to Google Winter Jeez. Beast full movie to find it. Hell yeah. Just the next time you got some buddies over, you had a couple beers in you, fire this bad boy up because it is incomprehensible. Hell you yes. will enjoy yourself. You know it's my favorite kind of movie. Everybody else, you can skip it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah. you for suggesting that to me and one of my friends who listens. <laughs> We both appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, you got it, buddy. Um, so I got back a couple hours from the theater to uh, see Top Gun at the Dolby Theater. Oh my god, which, which uh, one? I, I fucking love Top Gun, you guys. <laughs> There's not that much that I'm going to say about Top Gun, because, again, like, what needs to be said about Top Gun? Who is listening to the show that hasn't seen Top Gun? And if you are that person, like, turn this podcast off and go watch Top Gun. Top Gun fucking owns... Um, <laughs> I, one of the things that I like about seeing a movie like Top Gun in the theater is because, like, if I'm watching something like this at home, like, I will just instinctively tune out the opening and closing credits. So, but in a theater, like, you have nothing else to pay attention to. So you're just, like, locked in on everything. Which made me notice, number one, using the wrong insure in the opening, uh, um, like, text crawl that explains what Top Gun is. And number two... In the special thanks in the credits that like list all of the pe the actual people that worked at Top Gun, seeing that one guy's call sign was Rabbi, <laughs> <laughs> which did a lot for me. Anyway, Top Gun's fucking great. Like Top Gun, absolutely one million percent holds up. Tony Scott is a million times better than his shitty brother at making movies. <laughs> like 
Top Gun's a weird one where like everyone knows it and remembers it fondly, but anytime you watch it, you're like, is this like a top five movie ever made? Like, wait a second. It's so fucking it's, good. In the moment, it is one of the most satisfying movies ever, especially in a like, theater. You get that opening credit scene that's just like stock footage of people working on aircraft carriers, but like clearly filmed by a real film crew because like you get like the little shots where like the plane launches and some dude like looks at the camera and gives a thumbs up and it immediately cusses something else it's like fuck yes dude i'm so pumped like i love when a director understands how to like sell you on a movie in the first couple minutes like everybody knows that fucking highway to the danger zone plays multiple times in that movie people forget that it plays from second one of the movie like fuck i should watch top gun again yes you should yeah you should it uh I I know it's like the some anniversary or whatever, or maybe they're just bringing it back because Top Gun Two is coming out. But like, it's probably in some theaters around. I, you, I you think it's look for 35th it. Thirty fifth anniversary is coming out. Maybe I I like yeah. I don't know what anniversary it is or anything, but uh, if you can see this on the big screen, like they they're doing like a big IMAX and Dolby release. They're oh in the God. process of it. Like if you can find it, like cut some time out. We were literally the only two people in the theater. Oh my God! So. so it was absolutely wonderful. My like, giant I, tub of popcorn has a massive Top Gun Maverick ad on it, and I'm getting the shakes. Like, that's one of those movies that it's an hour 50, and there's enough stuff in there that makes it feel like it's two hours, 20 minutes. And when you get out of there and you realize it's been less than two hours, you're just tickled. Like, if somebody made that movie today, it would be almost three hours long with all the shit that's in there. But, goddamn, Top Gun fucking owns. All right, now, uh, what else we got here? Ah, yeah, let's get to what you guys really came for, the anime. Yes. Hell yes. So I got two in here this week. I watched a uh, an OVA from 1988 called Appleseed. Ooh, I've heard of um, that one. So Appleseed is, a, uh, is an OVA that's about, um, like, this, um, this, like, utopian society that's been designed after World War III, where, like everybody's supposed to be happy and everything's wonderful so of course the bad guy is a guy whose like wife went insane from this and killed herself and he's working with a terrorist cyborg that looks like frieza like yes dead ass looks like frieza and we have our heroes who are this like police unit that's trying to protect everybody we have you know the main female lead who you know you know, the spunky bad girl who has, uh, you know, sexual tension with her partner and all of the plot is revealed and internal monologues in her head because it's anime and that's how all of this goes. And her partner, who is an eight-foot-tall Cyclops rabbit robot <laughs> with a Brooklyn accent. So, like, you're watching this, it's like, all right, yeah, well, cool. They must have designed this robot to, like, you know, protect the utopia and blah, 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 whatever. And then, like, 20 minutes in, we get in her internal monologue. Wow, it's so crazy the way that the surgeons were able to bring him back after the accident. Ooh, in which you learn it's just, like, a dude's legs with this giant robot apparatus on top of it. <laughs> and it's just played straight. Like, it's a regular fucking character. This stupid fucking bunny ears ass robot is just, like, a normal dude. We get, like, the fucking scene towards the end where they're chasing down the bad guys who have stolen a giant flying tank because apparently utopian societies need those. Don't worry about it. And, like, he gets shot by the security system, and he's like, no, go on, it's fine, it's fine, I'll hold him off here. And, like, no, we gotta take you with us. But it's, like, a bunny rabbit robot. Like, like, there's, like, it completely sucks any emotional tension out of the scene whatsoever. 
So what I'm saying is it's pretty good. And it's like 62 minutes. Like, if you're listening to the show and you like these dumbass OVAs, eh, put it like 11th or 12th on your list. You'll get there eventually. Just looking at that cover is like, yeah, I'll be watching this. Well, of right. course. So this ended for me at like, I don't know, 3.30 in the morning or so. And uh, I was, you know, getting ready to go to bed. But uh, I, I always make it a point whenever I watch something like this to scroll through the uh, people also watched on whatever streaming service I'm using, just in case there's like a hidden gem in there. And I'm scrolling through, and I stopped on a description. Now, I am going to read the description to you with one word left blank. And I'm going to let you guys just know that, like, this, this last word that I'm leaving out is the reason that I hit play at 3.30 in the morning. And I'm going to let you think about that and let you guess what it was. So this is an anime called Project Aiko, and this is the description that Prime gave me. Superhuman high schooler, Aiko, must set aside her rivalry with her genius classmate, Blank, to save Earth from evil alien invaders. Would you like to guess what her rival's name is? How do I go with this? Do I want to make Chris edit this? It's Oka. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. It is not no. Oka, but you are on the, the right track, but think meme Oka, Oka. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'm excited. I want to know. I want to know. It is, of course, Biko. <laughs> God bless America and Japan for the first time ever. Aiko and Biko, huh? I, you now understand why I hit play right away. So, uh, Project Aiko is an anime about a girl and her friend that started a new school. And, you know, they don't, like, fit in or whatever. And, the, the, and Biko and Aiko are both fighting over the friendship of this extremely annoying character who does like all of the obnoxious anime tropes who is also named Seiko <laughs> and uh like the first half of this is like fucking Biko doing all this these fucking pinky in the brain ass plots of like I'm gonna show up tomorrow at school with this robot and then I'm gonna fight Aiko and then Seiko's gonna have to be friends with me instead and, da, 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 da. and like all of the fights are just like clearly parodying like Gundam and Dragon Ball and all of the shit that was going on back then like it's this is like very clearly a parody anime in a lot of ways but also it's so ridiculous that if you didn't know any better you couldn't really tell the difference (laughs) and then at minute 50 a fucking alien battleship shows up at earth and the whole thing shifts from wow we really hate each other we've been fighting this whole time but now we have to fight the aliens and the entire thing is just incomprehensibly stupid. There's, like, we've got, like, the one schoolgirl girl character who is, like, the muscly Fist of the North Star character yes. who can be seen flexing in every fight yes. scene. Every character yells out the name of whatever move they're about to do before they do it. Oh, fuck yes. It's <laughs> unbelievably fucking good. I was sitting there watching this, like, Oh, fuck, was this just, like, the 80s version of Neo Yokio? Like, it's so goddamn self-aware and so fucking stupid. It, 
fucking owns. Now, I'm not going to spoil any of the twists and turns of this, because this will 1,000% be in both of your future. And also, I believe there are sequels. But, uh... <laughs> I leave you Deco. with... <laughs> there is a character who is referred to as D, which I assume is supposed to be short for Deco, who is like this private detective just doing a Master Roshi impression. Don't My favorite worry character. about Besides it. Mr. Popo. <laughs> oh no. Oh well. It's everything that you guys like about anime is fucking in there. And it's extremely self aware and extremely stupid. And like I saw this letterbox review that like I don't know who it was. I don't know the exact quote, but it said, I think this is a the 80s version of Kill la Kill, but I've never seen Kill la Kill and I wasn't born in the 80s. <laughs> so, uh, that really says all that needs to be said about this one. <laughs> it is a fucking treat. Absolutely five stars. I had a fucking blast with this stupid-ass thing that I found at four in the morning. I'm so happy for you. Ah... <sighs> just absolute treasure <laughs> movies are okay sometimes uh parker you can go ahead and we'll just get to gi joe retaliation when you get there oh yeah i don't have much let's see here let's see you know what let's talk about going to theaters and opening the book of saw one more time <laughs> chris buddy you should have caught up with all the oh, movies yeah. so you could have seen the new one that has nothing to do with any of those <laughs> i thought jigsaw was in it is Jigsaw's been dead for like eight movies How dude. the fuck would I know Ah <laughs> uh, well Don't answer that If you kept up with the list Just go ahead and pop in the sound there You'll see <laughs> <laughs> So uh, is Spiral a good movie? Absolutely not Did I get to go to a theater? Yes Is the entire plot of the movie Is that a rogue killer is just murdering crooked cops Also yes So you know what Two stars it's, it's fine. It's it's not a good movie by any means, but like a group of eight of us went, a bunch of people snuck in Trulies, and we had a wonderful time. Do you think it's like an intentional social commentary thing? Absolutely. Chris Rock wrote it. Friend of the show and noted Saw fan Chris Rock yeah. pitched this movie to the studio. Yeah. Fuck. Chris Rock is incredibly bad, but also the best actor by a significant margin <laughs> there are so many scenes where he's supposed to sell like being serious and intense and he just opens his eyes really wide like he's about to tell a punchline on stage it's really weird he is could not be more of a wrong choice for this role he does not sell it at all but then like i don't know a bunch of crooked cops like get their fingers ripped off and shit it's it's not scary the no saw movie is scary it's gross but I ate the whole bag of popcorn. Like I, <laughs> That's the important it's not, thing. It's not enough to make me My sick. Like it was incredibly stupid, and watching it at home, it will immediately drop like a full star and a half. But like, I got to go to a theater with a bunch of friends. It's It's been a very long time, so... I would recommend it for solely that. If you're the kind of person who goes, there's another Saw movie, hey, don't watch it. It's not going to change your mind, I promise you. It's uh, It's not very good. But, uh, you know, what else was I going to do with my Sunday? Watch Top Gun? A good movie? Not in the cards. <laughs> of course not. Here. We ended up watching a lot of Netflix. Like, uh, the last season of Castlevania came out, so we're like, oh, we'll watch that, and then realized we were one episode into season three. <laughs> so we watched all of season three and four. 
Um, so I wasn't a huge fan. I thought one was kind of butt, but it's like three episodes. Two was a little bit better. Three is a little bit better. I think four is like a, if you're into the show, it's a very satisfying ending. The animation gets a lot better, and the fights near the end are very good. Uh, if you don't want to stick it out for four seasons for that, I get it. The dialogue is incredibly bad, but in a way that works for me. Because, like, it's this old-timey Castlevania show full of, like, dark magic and fighting vampires. But it's just a shitty script written t- today where people just keep saying fucking shit for no reason. And it doesn't fit the tone <laughs> I can't imagine that. at all. And Malcolm McDowell is one of them. And hearing this old British man talk like a script written in 2021 is incredibly funny and takes you out of the moment. But also, like, near the end of it, they really, really committed to drawing as many different fucked-up-looking ghouls as possible and having different ways for them to rip people apart. And I appreciate that. Like, that's if I'm going to watch a Castlevania anime, I want to see ungodly-looking monsters eating people. And it delivered on that front. Because one of the worst parts of the first two seasons is just very generic monsters. And uh, at this point, they're like, fuck it, the show's ending. Just any kind of ungodly abomination you could possibly draw do it and they did and good for them uh pretty solid ending i was lukewarm on most of the show but it really won me over by the end but i mean i think everyone in the show knows how we are about tv shows yeah that's true why commit to four seasons when i can watch like eight movies in that time but uh, i was not in charge of the remote that day (laughs) sacrifices are made sometimes so uh season two of love death and robots came out too I have not seen all of season one, but I really enjoy what I saw. Are you guys familiar with no. it? So every episode that again? Love, Death, and Robots. Oh, you told me about oh, it. Oh, man. <laughs> so it's like an anthology show. Every episode is like at most 15 minutes, and it's just different animation teams making cool futuristic stories. Like one of them is just a short from the director of Bloodshot, our favorite movie of last yes. year. In which people, like, artificially and mentally link to monsters and have the monsters fight to the death. And it's insanely violent and bloody. And it's, like, 12 minutes long. The problem with season two is almost every single one is just... Looks like a fucking David Cage game. Like, wow. This animation's so good it looks lifelike. It'd be cooler if it had personality, though. Because it just looks like real people acting out some stupid-ass 12-minute-long future desert thing. Like, I don't care about this. It's Season 2 was a real letdown for me. I enjoyed two, maybe three of the eight that dropped. But, like, it's how I feel about Rockstar games. Like, yes, it looks very realistic. Yes, you have all these hundreds and hundreds of mini-games and everything has these animations. But driving isn't fun, so I don't know. How about you just focus on making it look cool and be interesting instead of just making it look lifelike? So I would stick to season one. I may be wrong, I might be in the minority, but I don't know. I just want cool-looking animation with robots and stuff. So let's get to G.I. Joe Retaliation, <laughs> shall we, friends? Which I refuse to watch. <laughs> yeah, also, dude. I didn't have time, so... I squeezed that in this morning. What a profoundly stupid movie in every single aspect. It's like all of the things that I hated about every Transformers movie mashed together with Justice League. (laughs) (laughs) How would you know? (laughs) I mean, 
I fell asleep during both. That's got to count for you something. You know what? I take it back. I apologize. Right, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> like, it's just, there's so much shitty slow-mo action and fucking The Rock yelling a hoo and bring the rain and, like, all of the things that people thought in the early 2010s were cool for some inexplicable reason. Like, it... You could have just oh, stopped God. at there's so much. Because there is there's... just so much of everything. But there's so much less of it than in the first one. There are. It's like I'm not even distracted by the amount of shit going on. There are so many moments where you're like, well, surely Walt Goggins does not run this underground prison where they're keeping Cobra Commander. <laughs> and then there he Chris. is. Chris, you remember how uh, the first one ends with uh, the fucking dude pretending to be the president and whistling yeah. a stupid thing? I, t- I made a note about that. That's the whole movie. That is the plot of this movie. That- is the, <laughs> the movie ends movie. with President fucking starting World War Three with the news from that <laughs> Bond movie, just double dog daring everyone into launching their nukes and being like, "All right, just kidding, we're all disarmed." Now check this shit out, and then just leveling London, which I'm gonna be honest, <laughs> I laughed really hard. It is not the hardest I laughed in this movie, which is something that I need to bring up. Absolutely. I, like, almost choked. I was laughing so hard. There is a scene, and I do not know whether this is in the theatrical cut or not, because I watched the extended cut. Same. I am a masochist. Same. (laughs) But, like, they find out that the president has been, like, swapped with a a faker. And so (laughs) the girl girl Joe has to sneak into some White House (laughs) to catch the guy. Oh, fucking what you're gonna say. And so she gets in, she introduces herself to him as, like, hey, I'm such and such from Fox News. And he gives her the once-over and says, and I quote, Fox News, no wonder you're so fair and balanced. (laughs) What? And it was worth all 124 minutes just for that line. (laughs) Also, his delivery of... They call it waterboarding, but I never got bored. And he just stares at Cobra <laughs> Commander. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I I know we're going to get to this when we talk about the rise of Cobra. But uh, whoever the fuck thinks Snake Eyes is cool, I hope they never work again. <laughs> Bad news about what's coming on the docket later. Oh, this dude, year. I'm sorry. I, I yeah. wasn't going out or anything, but you said whoever thinks Snake Eyes is cool... Dude, that movie is so good. <laughs> I'm sorry. Correct. <laughs> Just want to make but sure. Also, like, all right, we, know. we only need two people for this podcast. Look, it's fine. All right, we're going to get more Snake Eyes origin. Here's the RZA to explain the betrayal that happened with <laughs> Destro. We'll get to like, Snake Eyes. I love that the whole thing is like, hey, you remember how the first movie set up Destro's this big bad guy? Well, here he is in this Austin Powers cryogenic freezing tank. You're never going to hear or see him. <laughs> just leave him there. <laughs> he just leaves him there and blows up the base. They fucking have a prison break. It's like, all right, we got everybody out except Destro. He just kind of looks at him like, goodbye. Fuck this guy. And they just leave. <laughs> but I will say, fucking Ray Stevenson ju- coming in on that bike, leaping off of it, and then just turning into like six little missiles. That's good stuff. That's what the kids want. Yeah, that's, that's what the kids want. There were like a couple moments in this that were like, all right, that was cool. The uh, when they blow up the uh, the giant death satellites at the end, <laughs> I was like, that looks neat. 
But then I remembered back to that scene where all of the fucking ninjas were chasing uh chasing the people out of the the mountain base in just like the most slapstick scooby doo ass fashion where they kept falling so, off cliffs and going Aah! so many zip lines like, <laughs> like who thinks like slow mo cliff running is cool <laughs> there's so I'll much. tell you who it's like, the director of this fucking movie there's like it's like Jesus a 15 Christ. minute scene of them just wall running on a cliff I will say, uh, obviously, G.I. Joe wasn't a thing when we were kids, so, like, I've never understood it. And then you get the shot of Cobra Commander with, like, the full-on mask and the giant, like, leather cape, and you're like, oh, I get it. If I was eight, I would absolutely be into this. <laughs> like, not even, like, a passive-aggressive, this is for babies, but, like, oh, yeah, that's that's absolutely would have been in the cards for me. It's like, every time I have to explain to somebody why people watch Dr. Disrespect, it's like... Yeah, man, if I were 13, this would be the coolest dude in the exactly. world. Are you kidding me? And also, what happened to him? We'll never know, oh because Cobra Commander left know. him behind. Netflix is going to throw $500 million at a Dr. Disrespect documentary oh, someday. Yeah, and we'll all still be paying for it, because we're idiots. Chris, what if I told you that they find out the president has been corrupted? There's a goddamn Cobra Command person in charge of the White House, and they go, Oh, shit. To see what Bruce Willis is up to. <laughs> also, like, Channing Tatum dies in the first 15 minutes. Are you minutes. serious? Correct. They just murder him off. He did not want to be in this movie or the first Correct. one, which yeah, we'll get we to. <laughs> yeah, like, they literally just murder all of Joe, so it's just The Rock and then two people you've never seen before for the entire movie. And then a right. lady ninja shows up. Well, you see, the lady ninja shows up before the Joe Base pulls up because she's being trained by Snake Eyes. And like, oh, you're not ready. I am the RZA. I am the RZA. He's our ninja character. He doesn't talk. Cool. This movie's two hours. Give him some dialogue, please. Also, why does he have an Uzi? Why? Why is he wearing? Why does he look like he's the third member of Daft Punk? Like, why? What? Why does it have lips? Can we just ask why the mask has lips? It's very upsetting. Very Mr. Popo esque. I don't like it. Oh boy, if you uh, don't like Mr. Popo-esque things, maybe you wait on Also, why are you oh, watching this? Why are you listening to this podcast? Exactly. <laughs> I do love the reveal of like, oh, actually, uh, this small child didn't kill your master at all. And this lethal ninja, one of the deadliest men on the planet, was trained in the art of assassination by Arnold Vosloo <laughs> in disguise. <laughs> it is not a good movie at all. It sucks so much. It really does feel like a Transformers movie without robots. But then also, you compare it to like how Mortal Kombat just could not commit itself to anything, and then you get the shot of the White House dropping the American flag and the Cobra flags going over, and you're like, "Yeah, you just do, do that instead, please." Like, yeah, it's not that hard. Movie. Guys. I also I think it's just. I tried to distance myself, but I cannot separate what I think of The Rock now versus what I thought of The Rock in 2013. It just... Yeah. I mean, granted, the first time I saw it, like I said, I was quite intoxicated in that theater. But uh, it's just... I can't separate it, man. As soon as he starts it quoting sucks. Jay-Z, I'm like, God damn it, man. Fuck this. I, Fuck this. I laughed really hard at that. I did but too, also, but like... I don't think I was supposed to. Right. Man, The Rock sucks. <laughs> Back then, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. Because it's like right after Fast Five. I was fucking pumped, man. You yeah. can't, can't unring yeah. those bells. 
definitely liked yeah. it much more the first time when I wasn't watching it before <laughs> work today. But, uh, you know. What can you do? I'll sign it to Chris at no. some point. Fuck him. Oh, shit. Can you hear me? <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, boys. Let's get into the rise of one Cobra okay, Commander so for all of let's... 45 seconds. <laughs> so... When it comes to G.I. Joe, this is kind of like the Mortal Kombat episode in which there is a bit of a backstory that we need to talk about this franchise. This was invented back in the 60s as toys for boys. Now, boys were not going to buy dolls. Doll- dolls is, is very much a girl-coded word. So this is where you get the phrase action figure. You know, kung fu grip, realistic hair, what Marlon Wayans actually says in the movie. And they were fairly popular. Uh, these were like actual size. They were Well, not like actual size of G.I. Joe soldiers but they're like a <laughs> foot tall you know they're like a, a full foot these are like real size things man these are like you get some uh, actual, no, <laughs> actual size of no I was man. thinking about like do you remember those like the life size Barbie it was like three feet tall that would be that's a Gary Oldman size Barbie <laughs> anyway uh, yeah they were fairly popular with boys this actually led to this is a real story can I please tell you this is one of the Field Family lore stories okay Dude, this oh, is fuck yes, absolutely. So <laughs> when my dad was a kid, uh, he had an older sister uh, whose name I will withhold for now, and she was gonna bring over a boyfriend or something. And my dad turns to his brother. His Bros. my dad turns to his brother. Probably just like, hey, let's mess with her. So while she's, I guess she's out. Maybe she's driving to go meet this guy. They sneak into her room. They take all their GI Joes, which. No, 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 no. They take off all the clothes of all the G.I. Joes, make them all, like, nude and everything, and they had, like, a couple dozen of these fucking things, and they put them all in, like, suggestive poses around her room, like, they're all butt-fucking each other and everything, (laughs) (laughs) and they just... And and she takes them into her room, and he sees all that, (laughs) the cries... Of uh, Sisterfield, where were heard without uh, throughout all of upstate New York that day. So it was a great moment in Field family history. We get that story all the time. <laughs> uh, if I had done that to somebody, I would absolutely tell people about it constantly. This is so why he had it. kids so he could pass on the story. <laughs> I'm sure if I were to call him up right now, he'd be like, "Oh, that was Bobby's idea. It wasn't me. Don't tell your don't tell your aunt." Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so that these are just some of the fun games that you can play with your GI Joes. So time passes. They made some comics, but uh, Hasbro is sort of dying in popularity. How do we revive this property? They make smaller and smaller G.I. Joes. These are things that you can sort of fit in your pocket. They're a bit more flexible. You can do more things with them. Then they make a cartoon show. I think it came out in like 1985. It was like G.I. Joe, a real American hero. Again, a quote from the movie. And I have to admit, I didn't really grow up with a cartoon. I think I saw bits and pieces of it, but all I had were like hand-me-down toys from church flea sales right? I didn't really have a tremendous amount of familiarity but you knew the phrase you know even if you hadn't seen Star Wars you still know who Yoda is because you're on a playground other kids are talking about him also <laughs> yeah don't yeah. do that <laughs> not fan uh, and you know more time passes G.I. Joe is not quite very big but then a website comes along called youtube.com 
and some guy overdubs these G.I. Joe uh, PSAs. Uh, there's stuff like, uh, don't set the house on fire because your parents will be mad or stuff like that. G.I. Joe's tell you how to... Workshop sandwiches. Yeah, that's one of the, my favorite ones, mm. dude. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> what are you doing? Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out. I, Josh. Chris, yeah, I... I I don't want to stop you completely, but it is criminal to refer to these as YouTube videos when me and everyone I know watch them on either Newgrounds or E-Bombs World. Well, do you want me to cut that? I wouldn't admit that on the podcast if I were you. Absolutely not. I don't want other people knowing, yeah, I used to go to E-Bombs World. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was 13 once. Fucking sue me. Yeah, well, I might. So Josh and I like to quote these videos to each other. I I think our favorite one is... uh, I think it's a guy on the ice and some British guy. Yes! <laughs> give him the stick! Don't give him the stick! Oh, what the fuck are you kids doing on my note? <laughs> but the one we used to play... Like, those things... Those things and the fucking edits of the Spider-Man comics will live in my head rent-free Fap-o. forever. <laughs> I, I think the one that really gets our band doesn't need to be seen. How fresher is right? I think what I think one of my favorite ones there. The people used to play on HLSS for TF2 all the time Uh-oh. was who wants a bottom massage? <laughs> bottom massage machine, go! I just assumed that was going to be our. Opening. Well, I know the cold open is just going to be the kid falling off the cliff. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you guys feel the same way about those that I do. So, of course. Are you kidding me? So in 2009, Stephen Summers made a movie about it, and it begins, and it continues, and it ends. Next week's episode, Chaws, the Korean version of Jaws. Uh, you know, <laughs> I would love to be like, oh yeah, we'll be quick about this. But there is so much to say. From minute one, the nerf <laughs> of this G.I. Joe movie to start France, 1641. <laughs> Fuck you ourself are you I thought joking? for sure that this was going to be like a mistake and it was going to be like uh, Vampire Hunter D where they really meant to say 16,041 but no mm-hmm. it's just 1641 in France and I'm not kidding I paused the movie and I checked the video file be like did I get like snookered into this is this like the real file or is this like Season of the Witch uh, no this is G.I. Joe Rise of Cabra Directed by Steven Summers, starring a bunch of people that we will get into. So, Bro, hello. I have seen this before, and yet when I hit play on Netflix, when that title card came up, I went, wait, what the fuck? what I do? And I backed out and went, oh, that's right. <laughs> it makes no sense whatsoever. The fucking nerve to display that era of France without the airships. Oh, there we go. For yeah. real? Like, I mean, what are you we know doing? what I'm looking for. Did this come out before, or it had to have been before The Three Musketeers, right? Don't answer that. So, uh, yeah, some French guy, and uh, he's been uh, he's been double dealing. He's been selling arms to both sides. Alex, you're a history buff. Did this actually happen? Don't answer that. So he gets directed by Roland Emmerich. <laughs> I was. We're going to get to that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yes, we are. He gets one of those uh, super hot face mask he has to put it on so people always know that he sells to both sides now i will admit kind of a cringe-worthy scene here this reminded me of the opening of the mummy be like well i gotta tell you glad that's not me that seems like it would really suck if this were to happen to me smash cut to uh in the not too distant future um 
we have uh, some guy who's at... I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I guess it's just the E3, but for uh, war generals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Dude, imagine the booth yeah. made there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Cammy from Street Fighter 2. Okay, so uh, he's advertising <laughs> nanomites. They can be programmed to do almost anything, but can they be overclocked? I mean, <laughs> that's implied. I it fucking better be, dude. I mean, now I understand that this is a concept that has been used in many movies and even video games. The idea of arms dealers and how they're the ones who are perpetuating the wars because really it's all about money going into politicians' pockets and stuff like that. But man, the way that they set it up where it's just like, yeah, it's just like kind of a train show. Show us your tank. See what you're doing here. Yeah, I, it just seems a little silly to me. Like, I know gun shows are a thing, but this... <laughs> you can go buy a butterfly knife or also just level the fucking Middle East. It's yeah, all fine. Yeah. Oh, it's think, bricks. Oh, no. Do, do, do you think, like, the guy from Jurassic World 2 was planning to bring one of his dinosaurs here? Oh, hell, I, dude. You make so much bank. Yeah. All right, so who wants to take the first crack of the accent Doctor Who's using? You know, speaking as the guy with Scottish uh, ancestry here, no. Let me. Uh, I I got this okay, one. Okay, I did right, the German one. This? You can do this one. Pip pip cheerio. Okay, very good. That's closer <laughs> than mine. <laughs> so uh, it is oppressive. So uh, Tanning Chatham and Marlon Wayans are our heroes again. That's Marlon Man Wayans. It's in this movie. Man. That sucks. <laughs> He was in it for a while. It's just like, oh my god, are they gonna play him in a straight role? Are they gonna do like the, the whole straight role thing from uh, Requiem for a Dream? No, he tells jokes. Man, so man, look, everyone that has ever listened to even a single episode of this podcast knows how strongly I feel about Channing Tatum, but finding out that they wrote this role for Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> man, <laughs> wait, who's better that? movie. <laughs> Yeah, man. I, uh, <laughs> so you imagine we just talk this about the... fucking incomprehensible mess with the buddy cop dynamic of Mark Wahlberg and Marlon Wayne? Dude, I'm not saying it's a better movie. There's some sinister energy there, it. dude. I don't like it. So uh, they're tasked with transporting the device to uh, wherever they're supposed to go, and we get a helicopter explosion that has me immediately all in, Okay. I mean, I'm a thousand percent watching this. They're ambushed, and some bad guys are trying to take, I guess, the nanomites. And, uh, you know, the bad guys are shooting, I think it's just some sort of, like, energy pulse weapon at the helicopters are blowing up. And one of the helicopter pilots, his last words, I want you to imagine, you're in an action movie, a Stephen Summers action movie, with Tanning Chatham and Marlon Wayans. And your last words before your helicopter gets blown up are, oh my gosh. <laughs> so uh tan like good like as soon as that helicopter disintegrates you have to ask yourself like this is better than every transformers movie right oh, yeah easily like, this came around at that same time it made a good bit of money but everyone hated it like this is easily better than all of those Ooh, i'm not so crazy silly. right oh no kidding i was going to take the gi joe movie seriously oh, yeah. can we talk about the channing tatum thing now 
absolutely yeah, yeah, about actually, how he hates idea. this okay. fucking movie so, so much. So Channing Tatum. He was basically told, like, hey, man, so uh, you're under contract, so you're going to do it, or we're going to sue you. So this is a thing. This has been a thing in movies ever since, like, the 1930s. The studio has your rights. And you will make their movie or else. And not much has changed today. There's not a whole lot of artist independence. you got to be, like, I don't know, Daniel Day-Lewis to get that sort of thing. And Tanning Chatham was pretty new to the game. You you kind of have, uh, you know, not a whole lot of freedom here. You have to really make your name before you get that sort of independence. So he said on, I believe it was Howard Stern, that he fucking hates Rise of Cobra. And they're just like, why well, the movie wasn't that bad? He's just like, well, no, the movie wasn't that bad, but I didn't want to make it. I didn't have a good time on set. I wasn't planning on making this. And uh, they just sort of forced him to do it. Otherwise, they would have sued him into oblivion. And I think that sort of come across that sort of comes across in his performance in this movie. Uh, he's not giving it maximum effort. Uh, it really colors your whole experience. Just every time he has to have some shitty banner with Marlon Wayans. Knowing there's basically just a gun to his head off screen, like, that's right, say it. Fucking say it, he, or we'll ruin your life. He doesn't even have uh, a whole lot of chemistry with either one of the female leads, you know? He's, he's just <laughs> he, like, oh, my god, it's, it's, it's heinous. It's rough. beautiful women, he's just like, yeah. Whatever. Man, you remember when Sienna Miller was in things? No. Man, I saw her name in the credits, like, I know that name? <laughs> But much like many people from like the mid two thousands, like they're gone, just yeah. a faded which, memory. Which one is Sienna Miller? Is she the blonde or the redhead? Blonde. Okay, so uh, he. It's like Taylor Kitsch. You're like, I'm sure I've seen two Taylor Kitsch movies, but gun to my head, yeah. that person does yeah. not exist. Yeah. So, so Sienna Miller is the bad girl in this, and uh, she she comes down. She's to she's displaying. Uh, quite a remarkable amount of cleavage for someone in special forces and uh she takes i guess the briefcase with the dynamites or whatever and uh turns out tanning chatham knows her he's like oh away from our like our past huh anna is that you and all of a sudden this romantic meeting is interrupt is interrupted by ray park as the ninja from metal gear solid <laughs> it's incredibly dumb but also yeah, he just like see with a sword. The ninja appearing in this setting is incredibly funny. It's really good. There's so yeah, much it could not ninja content. I'm more out of place in this movie that does it, not need ninjas. There's just so much. There's so much. And then retaliation is like, cool. You want more backstory? You're like, oh no 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 no. That's we'll, not... we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But uh, you misinterpreted. Yeah. So. Uh, he uh, is greeted by a hologram of Dennis Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a good sentence. Now, I will say this. Dennis Quaid, I thought, was a pretty good, joy- was a pretty good choice for general good guy. and uh, Which might as well be his name in this. And uh, he says, oh, come on, son. Leave your current outfit. Go MIA and join my team, my elite task force. And also bring along your black friend. <laughs> Dude, this scene rules when they get to his base. 
Because it looks exactly like the scene in Wayne's World where they open the door to the guys training for a James Bond movie. <laughs> like, there's 20 different simulations going on. People sparring, people, like, testing out weapons. Oh, I always wanted to do that. Place. So, <laughs> yeah. You, We're called Joes. You're like, okay. Yeah, that was, uh, that was... Let's get there. That was one of my favorite scenes where was like, yeah, we're Joes. Uh, and then we have the other woman. Who is this actress? I had her name for a second. Um, uh... It's oh fuck! It's somebody else's name. It's like oh yeah, fuck. I had it and then I forgot to copy paste it into my notes, and I feel like a real fuck boy. Hang on a second. I uh... luckily the Wikipedia not only gives it all, but sorts it out by Joe's and Cobra, (laughs) which is a real power move. Thank you, Wikipedia. Oh, that's Rachel Nichols. Remember when she was in things? Anyway, so Rachel Nichols. There's a lot of that. Displaying an impressive amount of cleavage. Like, I didn't even know such a thing was possible, but, uh, you know, special forces, you can get away with that. You know, they got the. For a PG 13 movie, that scene of her on the treadmill. Right? My my kids are watching here. What are we doing, guys? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, Tanning Chatham, Marlon Wayans, they go MIA to join science fiction Blackwater. And uh, quickly, we cut away to. Do they even are they even called Cobra yet? I guess I'm going to just call them Team Cobra because that's what they're going to end up being. And we have some Korean guy. Now I call him some Korean guy, but Parker, you might recognize him. He's uh, the guy from Joint Security Area, or well, you would know him from I Saw the Devil. Hell yeah, dude. yeah! He's really good. What is movie. he doing in this movie? Well, I think they—that's the thing—is like remember, okay, in a well, I don't know, why am I asking you guys? But in Triple X Three, they had. Uh, oh, yeah, I saw dude. it in the theater. Don't start with me. I yeah, will. Start. Don't even fucking give me that they attitude had, right now. I'll <laughs> turn this podcast around. They had a they had a, a Korean uh, K-pop star, right? Uh, because it's like, oh, you know, I'm bringing that audience. You know, uh, in this one, it's just a Korean movie star, which you think would be the more obvious thing to do, but it's just like, well, he's Asian, you know, we'll give him ninja stars. <laughs> Let's just do this. <laughs> look, look, I'm being a little bitch about it, but like, every Transformers movie made a billion dollars. If the same studio said, hey, do you want to be in G.I. Joe? I'm not even reading the script. I'm signing on for five movies. Like, I get it. So, that's not the only... I absolutely That's not it. the only guy who's in this movie. We've mentioned multiple guys who are in this movie. So they also guys. have... So guys. They also have Imhotep from the mummy movies i'm like oh thank you you didn't just make the mummy and zeus and roxanne you also gi joe in a fairly when he's just hanging out with his feet on the desk oh my god i got so excited he's just whistling like fucking peter laurie and m i'm so happy so uh, that's not the reference i expected to hear in a gi joe episode Someone's gonna class it up. Speaking of classing it up, disagree. We see Psycho Mantis over here, and my first thought was, "Oh, that has to be Benny from the Mummy." I've never seen the reveal of who Cobra Commander is. Funniest thing I've ever seen. We have to get to it, but you have to admit it does kind of look like Benny from the Mummy, just based on how oily he is. (laughs) It's either that or Doctor Poison. Man, you know that they wrote that role for him too, and the studio yeah. just went, uh uh-uh. uh. No, we have a we have That is the Cobra Commander. You can't have it be the, the racial stereotype from the mummy who gets eaten by scarabs. <laughs> so uh <laughs> So I'm gonna call him Doctor Poison because I can't help it. Doctor Poison uh is demonstrating the new nanomites who uh when injected into the new Cobra army people 
Uh, he describes it as, they feel no fear, no pain, no remorse. And I'm just reminded of uh, that movie that Parker showed me. He was like, we must feed to breed. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. No pain? You gotta stop those yeah. No remorse? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting because that guy is like, you know, when I'm finished, you'll be able to do all the research you want. And I'm like, I get it. Like, his thing is like, he's going to do these sickening experiments like the Nazis did, like Overlord, that movie. But if I were him, I would just be like, actually, I'm just good with the money. Man, I'm just, just thinking about Shooter McGavin as Cobra Commander now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so we cut back to the Joes, which I must admit kind of makes them less threatening all i can think about is remember that nose tackle for the ravens kelly gregg it's like when i think of how Joe, can i like forget <laughs> yeah remember when he broke michael vick's leg by sitting on him in a fucking preseason <laughs> game yes it's like yeah that guy he is a joe so uh well we need <laughs> we need more guys in this movie okay we don't have enough guys so we we cut to a flashback. By the way, there's a lot of flashbacks in this movie. There are so uh, many flashbacks. Yeah. Channing Tatum is they at uh, a so soiree, which uh, made me happy. You know how much I like those. With, uh, I guess that's Sienna Miller, and he's flirted with her. He's like, oh, I would like to marry you. And she says, oh, okay. Uh, he's like, and I will keep your brother, who you've never <laughs> French kissed before, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, save. Wish I had seen your face. <laughs> you, I, my face is just like, all right. How many people are in this fucking movie? Okay, like you can't. I just, remember watching this. There's so many guys. On, like, <laughs> like on my ex-girlfriend's DVD, and he walks into frame, pause the movie, was like, wait, what the fuck? When did this happen? <laughs> Look, That's impossible. Look, Barstool had this like thing where, they, like, one of those viral, get us viral sort of tweets, where it's just like, what movie has the best cast of all time? And like, there's a bunch of dumb things this has the highest concentration of guys in a movie that i think i've it's ever seen insane it is fucking insane oh man how many capital g guys just pop up in this dog shit movie that no one on the planet also remembers. marlon wayans is there he's by like, dog shit i mean good he's like first before you say yes to him asking to marry you do you love him she's like yeah he's like, oh okay that's all right just making sure Thanks. So, uh, Thanks for that line, buddy. Thank you. Uh, so, so now we get the training montage where they play a hip hop cover of "Bang a Gong, Get It On" by T Rex, <laughs> and we see no, we don't have enough guys yet. Damn it, Brendan Fraser in this movie as a drill instructor. It's so good. I'm so happy so to see him good. again. And it's also one of those things where if you Google Brendan Fraser right now, my first advice is don't. Uh, but in 2009, guys still look pretty good. I'd, shit, I'd watch a movie with him. Hell, he could have played any role in this movie besides Dr. Poison. And it would have been fine. You know, that guy. I'm, that I'm guy also is fine just... with that role for the record. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe not Sienna Miller's role. But anyway, yeah, I like him. I'm very happy to see him again. Uh, so turns out that Rachel Nichols' uh, role, she's like the genius of the group. Apparently she graduated from college at the age of 12. Uh, I'm Dexter, but genius. <laughs> <laughs> Party now, study later. And uh, she... <laughs> this is one of my favorite episodes, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, she's running on a treadmill while reading, I don't know, a book. And uh, 
By the way, that was a great scene. I uh, enjoyed it for a variety of reasons. It is. I got kids here ready to watch <laughs> their good friend Channing Tatum and take on Cobra. And those titties are bouncing. I it know, is. I... There's like four scenes in this movie that are insanely violent and then also big bouncing boobers. <laughs> what are we doing, guys? Oh, and we all enjoyed it. So, uh, anyway, she's like the genius of the group. Okay, so she's the brains of the outfit. And at one point she says, emotions are not based in science. Uh... Was a real so oh I'm yeah, not go fuck yourself. Quite sure which book she's reading, but uh, okay, sure. Uh, this training montage is uh, short, but it's effective. It kind of reminds me of the training montage from Men in Black, where uh, there's a shooting every once in a while. And Marlon Wayans is just like, "Hell yeah, I'm on fire, damn!" And he and she's like, "Well, oh, you didn't get a perfect score. I got a perfect score." He's like, "I don't even care. I'm having a good time." So. <laughs> As soon as we get the, uh, emotions are not logical, it's real. Alright, go fuck yeah, yourself. Let's get to the next yeah, set yeah, piece. Yeah, yeah. I don't care anymore. Uh, well, anyway, that guy, who, that Korean guy, uh, who's a bad guy, he dresses up as a ninja. But he dresses up as a white ninja. And it's a real bad disguise. I have not seen a white ninja outfit since Enter the Ninja. <laughs> so, I'm glad this movie recognizes, like, real class. You can see what this movie took its influences from. Uh, more flashbacks. We don't have enough flashbacks yet. We got a lot of flashbacks. Uh, we see uh, a flashback of this bad guy who probably has a name. I don't know. And Ray Park as children fighting each other. So a bunch of nine-year-olds fighting each other. And all I realized is like, wait, this is what Scorpion Sub-Zero should have been. You know? Just correct. like a flashback every once in a while. You're like, do One this. Thousand percent correct. Exactly. Just, just fucking do this. Don't make the entire movie about them. You know? Meanwhile, in this movie, I was struggling to even realize that Snake Eyes was a different character. Yeah, sometimes it takes a while. I, because... I'm like, all right, who's wearing the suit in this fight? Like, I, who is that? Should I know? That's the thing. Sorry, God. No, I was done. Okay. So, see, that's the thing. When he's first introduced, he comes out there with a sword and everything. I thought at one point he took off a mask and was whoever that Hispanic character was, because I guess John Leguizamo was busy. Uh, I have to admit, if John Leguizamo was in this movie, it's almost too good of an episode for us. <laughs> yeah, we'd be uh, here for another hour. Yeah, that's a good point. But I was like, oh, I guess he's just Ray Park. I didn't know he looked like that. Turns out he doesn't. Uh, that's not actually what he looks like. Ray Park is in this, and their master, who I guess is just Splinter, uh, gets killed, and then Ray Park decides to take a vow of silence. Which, we gotta bring up something here. He, This ninja guy works with the G.I. Joes, and in the military, you have to communicate with each other, so you know, you know, like, where you are, like, uh, cover my six, stuff like that. If you have one guy who just crosses his arms and pouts and stamps his foot and refuses to speak, that could, like, screw up your communication. So, this movie's not entirely realistic, is what I'm saying. Then they'll just fucking die in the next movie. Thanks for nothing, Snake Eyes. Oh, really? <laughs> Piece of shit. I'm sorry. No, okay. Spoilers. I get it. Yeah, I hadn't seen it yet. I'm never going to get them right because yeah. I don't care. I wasn't a kid in the 80s. I don't give a shit. This doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Uh, here's another nice thing that I thought was pretty cool. Sienna Miller and Rachel Nichols fight, but it doesn't turn into a cat fight. And this movie came out in 2009, and I think that was still like kind of a, a thing back in those days. And, like, remember, I think they tried to do that in uh, The Mummy Returns or whatever. 
it was just like highly sexualized and everything. I'm like, oh, that's kind of. A... I, I mean, Chris, I don't disagree, but also like, I wouldn't mind watching that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I I got a little, I got I'll all the real stimul- here. <laughs> I, I got all the stimulation I needed from the treadmill scene. So uh, we cut back to Cobra Command Center and buy the toy, and they they sit Arnold Vosloo, who's the mummy from uh, the Mummy. And he's lying on this dentist chair. And they're like, uh, we are going to turn you into an evil villain. And they have, like, all these uh, syringes, like, poking his head. And he does this with his face. He goes... And it reminded me of the turning the guy into a Goomba scene from the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Never going to let that go, am I? Um, all right, so we cut to Europe. <laughs> Sure. Now, Let's just go to so you guys like uh, car crashes in your movies, right? Sure, we all do. I read up on how many car crashes. Apparently, a hundred and twelve cars were destroyed. Yeah, we have dude. finally found a scene in a movie that rivals Roland Emmerich's hatred of France. <laughs> I know the, the is, fact it's... that this fucking bad guy is like, yeah, well, four hundred years ago they put an iron mask on like my great 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 grandfather so now i'm gonna launch nanomites at the eiffel tower to get back at the french monarchy that was displaced 200 years ago got him i mean parker all i could think about was twisted metal 2 the paris level like cars just fly literally flying all over the place they get air from these cars that i haven't seen in quite some time that is that's a fair pull but for me it was the opening scene of team america like, also <laughs> literally like shot for shot it's so good so they released this action scene goes on for like a half hour you're like okay and then they stop them and then the eiffel tower <laughs> just gets fucking melted <laughs> the nanomites just devour the Sweet. eiffel tower and i think roland emmerich just had this no hands ejac while watching this, you know. Same. <laughs> he ascended into a higher plane. We should have done this Jeez. in 1940. Am I right, boys? <laughs> uh, anyway, one of the bad guys who I I think is basically nameless uh, gets gets killed, and they're like, "Oh no, no!" According to science, the human brain survives for two minutes after death. <laughs> Fucking rewind this motherfucker's brain. I don't know that that's true. <laughs> now they use the angel cup method to fuck his mind <laughs> and recall his memories by sticking two needles into his head, while his head goes through the same thing that Arnold Vosloo did to the Americans in the Mummy. <laughs> Dude, when they just melt that dude's fucking head, that is that's intense. That was one of the goriest vi- look, say what you will about Stephen Summers, but he knows what he's doing when it comes to horror in a non-horror movie. <laughs> that was worse than almost anything I saw in Spiral. Right? I think it was fucked up. I, was I like, did not what care the for it. Fuck? Why isn't he still making movies? Can we just say this? is like we're making fun of this movie. This movie's actually kind of good. You know? I had a I fantastic had a time. With this. I had a really I, good it's time. It's on Netflix right now. It is. I had a blast. If, if you're listening to this, this is an actual recommendation. We're not just saying, oh, you're going to laugh at the funny uh, G.I. Joe thing. Yeah, you will, but, like, 
it's actually a pretty well-made movie. The action's really good, you know? It's got a good characterization, you know? I'm, I'm interested in what's going to happen to all these people. Stephen Summers knew what he was doing. Let's watch Van Helsing next. Because, like, G.I. Joe has a million characters, and we don't care about them, so I don't... I don't know any of these people. I don't care what they look like. So he's just like, cool, I've got all my dudes, so we'll just fill in all the blanks with all of my friends. So I was like, oh, I'm sure this character has a fucking eight-page-long Wikipedia page, but instead it's just Brendan Fraser yelling at him. And you know what? That's good to me, actually. Yeah. Uh, so, by the way, Wikipedia does not say whether Ewoks of Battle for Endor is canonical, so... Damn, I guess we'll have to watch it again and find yeah. out. <laughs> I did, there's been, like, an edit know. battle over that. Like, oh, geez. <laughs> there's two dudes going at it for 20 years in a fucking war. Over <laughs> the oh, a good edit counts. war, yeah. It's just like, well, technically. Uh, anyway. Oh, like the guy in the Silent Hill thing who insisted <laughs> it was about circumcision. <laughs> so, uh, there's an awful lot of flashbacks in this movie. They have three different ones where uh, Sub-Zero and Scorpion are fighting each other. But they also have one where... Channing Tatum and Joseph Gordon-Levitt go into Iraq to find the disc and Joseph Gordon-Levitt gets killed and that's why Sienna Miller betrays him and goes bad or something. I don't know. I wasn't, I was masturbating. So anyway, he actually gets stuck underneath a pyramid or a uh, Pueblo and pyramid. Uh, he's, he's no, 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 he can't. Anyway, I mean, uh, he's no, the rules. no, no, no. Anyway, he's uh, he's stuck, and who do we see? A good friend from the past, ladies and germs. Benny from the Mummy is the is a, a scientist in this movie, and I was at first I was, again I was like, oh, that must be Benny from the Mummy as uh, Doctor Poison. I'm like, I don't know, it doesn't really sound like him, you know. He just kind of looks greasy, either, but that's that's not him. As soon as this guy opens his mouth and talks like this, I'm like, oh, there he is. That's that's Benny. There we go. Chris, that's a- Chris, can you please say the character's name? I miss his name. What's his name? <laughs> Doctor Mindbender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This movie fucking owns The 80s are oh good my God. I apologize for everything I've ever said Holy About the 80s sucking shit, ass They're so owns. good Okay, The 80s rule So apparently one of the I might as well mention this now uh, Just sit there while I bend your mind <laughs> <laughs> Oh man If only Angel Cop had uh, you know, The makers of that had seen this beforehand you know, uh, Then I could mention it Without feeling slightly ashamed Anyway Um so apparently the villains in this movie are based more on the G.I. Joe comic book than they are on the G.I. Joe cartoon. Now, usually when... Man. Now, we've, we've had a whole bunch of movies where they make it on some cartoon. Uh, Parker, you saw the Smurfs, for example. And uh, yeah, <laughs> usually you're like, oh, it'll be a, basically a retelling of that cartoon show. I grew up with it. I know what that is. That sort of thing. Apparently, in the cartoon, the villains were too stupid to be at all believable in a movie. <laughs> so they're just like, no, we're just not going to do that. Well, at least we got Dr. Mindbender instead. <laughs> so they, uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude, is in the, they went with Dr. Mindbender from the comics. Apparently, someone called Dr. Mindbender was more believable than anything in the cartoons. So, uh, <laughs> you guys, I just clicked on the Dr. Mindbender Wikipedia page. You oh my god, his origin please tell story. Me. What is it? Absolutely. He got his originally, mind bent. <laughs> he was originally. No, that, that part is correct. That's a good oh, guess. Thank but you. he was originally an orthodontist named Dr. Bender. <laughs> 
Isn't Dr. Mindbender the judge from Harvey Birdman? What are we doing? He might be. He sounds like one of the Venture Brothers uh, villains, you know? Honest to God. Dr. Mindbender! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's there for 30 seconds just to be like, I'll tell you all the secrets. And then he's just gone forever. Who knows yeah, if he I've lived? Chosen, Joseph so, uh, in the next scene, Marlon Wayans has to speak Celtic to launch missiles. This movie rules. What a good ass movie, dude. He's like trying to fire uh, missiles. He's like, uh, go web. You know, the, the whole thing from Spider Man 1, which is one of my favorite scenes in that movie. He's just, oh, uh, nothing's working. He's like, wait, that guy is Scottish. Say, uh, a, say a racial epithet. And he's just like, all right, back in the day. And then he just launches it. That was an Irish accent. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do a Scottish accent. Close enough, accent. man. Don't worry about it. Yeah, they're the same place. I should, I should watch more Simpsons. They're like not. Really the groundskeeper. No, that's true. So, uh, anyway, uh, they fight, they fight, they fight, and uh, they get kicked out of France forever. <laughs> and Roland Emmerich's just fucking... like, boy, when the good keeps getting better. <laughs> the fucking Tommy, you're permanently expelled scene in this movie. <laughs> just Dennis Quaid goes up to them in a wheelchair. You guys are in big fucking trouble now. <laughs> The French Prime Minister said, Bad news, Joe. Cobra Commander showed up, ate all of his ribbon candy. Her ribbon candy. Yeah, bad news. As part of your extradition treaty, the French have banned you from ever watching a Jerry Lewis movie. We just talk about the one Hispanic guy who, who says, Wait, we're never go- allowed to go back to France ever? Like, dude, what were you doing there anyway? Like, why would you want to go? France fucking just sucks. got destroyed. Like, what also, you, that what, too. I my first thing. There's after, one place to visit. It is now ash. That's the thing. I would be looking at those 112 car corpses and the decaying remains of the Eiffel Tower. I'd be like, well, time to hit the old dusty trail. <laughs> Honestly, the thing this scene reminded me of the most is fucking after Dr. Evil gets unfrozen and doesn't understand inflation and tries to demand $10,000 from the U.S. government. (laughs) I hate how much I think about Austin Powers since we did those episodes. Can you imagine if... We didn't even watch Goldmember, but I think about him saying, oh yes, squid pro quo. So fucking often. Can you imagine if Arnold Vosloo was whistling the Austin Powers theme instead? What a better movie. Oh my god, no. Now you're going to be thinking about that for a long time. The ending scene where he's sitting in the presidential chair. So, uh, yeah, he's like, well, as part of the... I don't know what the UN or something like that says you guys are in big fucking trouble now you have to go home and sit in your chair in a timeout and he says well I told him you'd do that but I didn't say when <laughs> so <laughs> they decide let's go to the North Pole to stop the bad guys uh, they don't even wear like the snow camo pants which I thought like every kid thought was like the coolest thing in the world it's like we can, now we can hide in the snow. It's like you could just also wear all white. This is where the white ninja outfit would actually come in handy. Uh, anyway, he's at one point we see fish nanomites, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, Great touch. Yeah, and then at one point Dennis Quaid goes, 
release the sharks and there's a bunch of torpedoes <laughs> that go out so uh this is we've watched a lot of dennis quaid performances for the show this might be my favorite yeah i know this is this is definitely up there certainly better than jaws 3d anyway uh he uh this is kind of reminding me of uh two movies in particular the avengers movies uh alex not the one i made you watch and also batman and robin because this is basically a toy commercial i don't know if they had a whole lot of merchandise tied in with this but there's a lot of potential toys in here and certainly enough guys to make like your whole army uh, I man, can you imagine if you're the one kid who goes to Kmart and buys the Benny from the Mummy doll, the Doctor Mindbem, the Doctor Mindbender action wish figure? Me. Dude, wish it were me. Wish it were me. We have to go to eBay and see if they have like nobody already have my phone out. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> limited edition Doctor Mindbender <laughs> with kung fu grip and greasy hair. <laughs> Oh jeez, it's so. F- oh man. Okay. Well, if anyone Funko gets this, Funko Pop, Doctor Mindbender. Okay. Nah, right, it's not funny anymore. What the? Not fuck? funny anymore. That's all right. Making stuff up on the podcast. We've talked about this. So auto completed. If, if that was real, dude. <laughs> if that was real, you know that would go into the studio. <laughs> it's just it's all right. Well, uh, We're like fighting hey, over it every says, episode. Twelve uh, fifty at Hot Topic. So. It's like we're just talking with each other. Wait, one of us is talking about what he looks like, like. One of us is talking about oh. the list. You just see like a hand come in to grab the Doctor Mindbender doll and move it in front of our microphone. <laughs> Why does he look like that? What the fuck? <laughs> that sucks. All right. So uh, anyway, a bunch of people fight. They fight. They fight. They fight. And the movie ends ish. And uh, the main bad guy gets his face burnt. You're like, oh, like that guy in France in 1641. I was uh, hoping they would come back to this in some capacity. And Dr. Poison says, No, you're going to be a bad guy now. And injects nanomites into his face and turns his face kind of uh, opaque onyx, I suppose. And uh, he says, What did you do to me? He says, No, you are Destro, and I'm in charge. I have to ask, does this count as a twist? Because this feels like the twist from Sleepaway Camp. It's just like, oh, now things are They finally different. get to the end of the movie. They finally set up, oh, now I am the Cobra Commander, and you are Destro. He puts on the Cobra Commander mask at an hour and 45. At an hour and 46, they have been arrested. <laughs> it's just like, I... I kind of get why this movie was made. I know it's a little bit late in the game because this came out in 2009. The TV show was from, I believe, 1985. So it's like 24 years later. Like, I don't know. It kind of feels like they're a little late to the game, but there's still an audience for this sort of thing, you know? I mean, it's because Transformers made that's, money and they had a deal with Hasbro. Yeah. So it's like, all right, what else we yeah. got? Well, I mean, that's the thing. Let's make Battleship. That'll yeah, be good. Right, we'll talk about that. But like... You know, there's an audience for this sort of thing. People are going to watch this sort of thing. You know, it'll probably be good. And it ended up being a pretty decent movie. But you see this, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure people are looking for Cobra. You know? <laughs> he was, I'm pretty sure he was like the guy from uh, the TV like, show. He was the bad guy. How do you not give him the helmet until the last two minutes of the movie? Just for it to be, ah, oh, I'm actually Joseph Gordon Levitt. You're like, well, yeah, no shit. You were in a flashback and you weren't in the rest of the movie. Who the fuck else would it be? Oh, man. It's, uh... Well, it's quite something. 
Also, for some reason in my head, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's above this kind of movie. But then you look at his IMDb and you're oh, like... Oh, no, he's not. Yeah, no, he just not. did like two Christopher Nolan movies. Everything else is butt, as it turns yeah. out. Yeah. Pretty that's, much. That's pretty I much... cannot wait to assign Don John to someone. You have no, no idea. When you, you say you can't wait to, I just know that's going to be me in some capacity. You just assigned <laughs> me that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I love movies. Do you, though? No. Yum, yum, yum. What, what, no, I'm looking for some. Um, so, uh, anyway, the movie is not quite over. Those bad guys get arrested, as uh, bad guys so often do. Uh, and Sienna Miller, I guess, was only bad because there were nanomites in her uh, body. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know how that... <laughs> off movie. Yeah, that just fucking happens, man. You know, we couldn't possibly have like a consistent character or anything like that. Uh, but okay sure fine I can believe it and uh, they decide uh, like oh you know we'll we'll be friends now and I guess Rachel Nichols and Marlon Wayans are going to be a thing by the way he survives okay um, for now and, yeah for ah for now but uh, who else who else <laughs> survives I guess I guess just everyone really is there yeah. like a significant death that I missed out on because I don't I don't think there was no, there are uh, zero stakes in this whole movie. So, anyway, turns out there's so we forgot about the president's like, thank you, my fellow Americans, for saving the day once again. Goes into the presidential office, sits down in his comfortable chair and goes, <laughs> I hope you leave this in. Absolutely, I'll, I'll just, I'm not going to help fucking him. put the thing in. And it's like, oh my god, he's the president's so bad. And then you hear, boom, 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 <laughs> gotta get that boom, boom, boom. I was dying. It is, like, we've seen a lot of hilarious music drops over the credits. This might be the funniest. Honestly, Black Eyed Peas remix this might is be so good. Five, because we have seen so many, but this one was definitely up there. I think if I had been in theaters, this is immediately the point where everyone would be like standing up, popcorns probably spilling all over the place, but like I would stay and laugh for a bit. It's... I definitely let it run for a good minute before she was like, okay, seriously, put something else on. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> And that's how you watched Alice Through the Looking Glass. <laughs> Man, you know, <laughs> sacrifice. <laughs> we didn't even mention like the last third of this movie just takes place on an ice base for no reason. Well, because that's like the newest toy. You gotta get that toy. That's like the cool one. Oh, fuck. I forgot there's a scene with uh, Destro talking to a hologram, because of course he is. And you can like see stuff in the background and you're like... What are they in like the sky? Like is that a plane? And then it zooms out to show they're just in a giant underground sea lab base. It's so good. Oh, one of my other This movie's one, dumber than dog shit. One of my other favorite things is they're in France and they're in their big fuck you bus that's just like plowing through other cars. And uh the ninja guy is chasing him and uh he stops. And uh the girl, Sienna Miller, she's just like, ha, he gave up. And the Korean guy's like he never gives up. And then they get hit by a train. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. the fucking vehicle just gets dumpstered. Every fucking shot of somebody get, getting hit by something from off screen is so much better in this movie than it is in most movies. And there's it's so, so many of those scenes. <laughs> I know! They, they do it so many times! 
Oh man, I love it. The most distracting part is that Channing Tatum's character is named Duke, and I cannot think of anything but rolling that beautiful bean footage every time someone <laughs> says he's got a Duke. <laughs> Shut the fuck. How? And that's the tea, sis. I'm dead. Come here, you gotta see this. G.I. Joe!